Hello, I'm Steve Turton. This is episode 34 of my conversations with the Pope. Hope you can hear me over the infamous gardener, George Pond there in the background. Welcome back to our little crew of loyal followers, or Pope's Cardinals as he likes to call them. Big hello to any new listeners as well, especially those Leeds fans tuning in for the first time. It's a bit of a show or two halves today, you could say. We're joined first by our mate and Leeds midfielder Adam Forshaw for a really good gab about his career, his comeback and this season's Premier League in general. Adam tells us about the best players he's played against, gives us insight into Bielsa's famous training sessions and talks a bit about the Blue Boys as an ex-Everton player. He not only previews the Leeds-Everton game, but also talks Liverpool City and sheds some light on the new signings that have arrived at Anfield. Second half of the show, we go stateside as me and Popey preview this Sunday's Super Bowl. There's a couple of big price picks for that game and the NBA season in our Soho Tip of the Week section. There's also the usual nonsense from Roy Hodgson, <laughs> Roy Hodgson impressions oy, to Tiger Woods' dad's Winnebago. If you're liking our little podcast, give us a follow over at my convos with the Pope on Twitter and Instagram. Share us on your socials and remember to rate, subscribe and leave a review if you've got a minute. We'll be doing a bit of Instagram live on this Sunday for the Liverpool City game. Pope's making his social media debut and we'll be doing the same for the Super Bowl. So come and get involved. Until then, as always, enjoy the show. Stephen, I've been waiting a long, long time for you, dear mate. I've been waiting since last Thursday, Pope, to do this show. Are you kidding? In the shower, was it? Is that the excuse you're giving me? Crease someone else in the shower? <laughs> like Vito Jr.? <laughs> That's Caelan one out. Oh, right. No, no, no. Just a little bit late this morning, but we're all right. Adam's coming on with us about... Oh, 15 minutes, something like that, Popey. So we'll have a little uh, little chinwag first, eh? How are you feeling this week, Popey? Last time we spoke, you were uh, you were panicking that Liverpool might not make the, the top four, weren't you? I was panicking. I've heard you being down the shore, popping calms at Blue Mick, haven't you? <laughs> what, over my uh, season-long bet on Liverpool to win the league? Yeah, such is the anxiety that's, that's building up. Yeah, I'm perfectly calm, Popey, I think. Through our WhatsApp back and forth, I've remained pretty uh, pretty chilled about Liverpool's form. Just told you we were having a bit of a run of bad luck and things had turned round. We'd start putting the ball in the net. You sound like you've changed your tune no. after two games. Change your tune? You're talking about Newcastle getting relegated again, yeah? <laughs> Less of the bad, uh, the better after Saturday, you think? Well, there you go. But, um, yeah, double whammy for you, really, isn't it? Yeah, obviously beating your beloved uh, Everton and then... The fact that you put them up as a as another what looks to be failed tip of the week, yeah, bit of a bit of a double whammy. But uh, no, just going back to Liverpool, I think there's a fine line between, well, not so much a fine line, but there's certainly a difference between being chilled and being a little bit delusional as you have been over the last month or so. And uh, we were always good to turn a corner, and it looks as though we've we finally done so against Tottenham and obviously kicked on against West Ham and bit of activity in the the transfer deadline dates yesterday. So. Yeah, I'm certainly more optimistic than what what it was, but at the same time, I'm not just highly delusional as as you are. I think that's more pocket talk than anything else. 
We'll see, Popey. We'll see. I just think we've been dominating games still and just not been putting the ball in the net. Obviously, a few players have been out of form, but we'll get into all this with Adam. Obviously, we've got Adam Forshaw coming on with us, as I say, a little bit later on. Um, Leeds United centre midfielder. He's from a, a family of season ticket Liverpool fans, and he, and he obviously came through the Everton Academy as well. So, we'll cover all bases, really, Popey, uh, relevant to our show, Liverpool, Everton. Little bit of leads as well, of course. Looking forward to it. I like the way I like the way you've gone full disclosure there, yeah, because you were just referring to him as Adam. And let's be honest, most of our listeners probably didn't know him from Adam until you uh, you give the full, uh, yeah, his full full title there. Uh, so so much appreciated from the uh, from the listeners, no doubt. Well, they'll they'll get to know him a little bit better later on, won't they? I think. Uh, how's things been? You're in Popey. Doing all right with the lockdown, are you? Yeah, tough couple of days to be honest with you. Yeah, musical beds still in the yeah. house with the kids of a night. Um, yeah, every every man needs their eight, their eight hours sleep after all, don't they? And uh, yeah, I'm getting probably five or six broken at the minute. So yeah, being better. Tough tough couple of days on that front, but yeah, just 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 trying to crack on with it. I've, I've, I'm hearing some positive reports coming from uh, from the government, although you can trust them as, as far as you can throw them most of the time so which isn't very far looking at Boris Johnson's posture and, and weight is it really no not at all no two man job that I think he's a personal trainer doesn't he what is he having an affair is he yeah <laughs> I mean he's not exactly a case study you'd put on your website is he if you were a personal trainer or your Instagram <laughs> no he's, he's exactly yeah he's not the uh, the best example of someone going to see the personal trainer not a best example for a lot of things really a, a prime minister is is one certainly but um yeah who knows I, i'm hoping we'll get, get back to some semblance of normality in the coming month yeah who knows there could be light at the end of the tunnel mm, fingers crossed like well, what's the latest what's the latest report i heard they were reviewing it the day before me ma's birthday so she usually likes a little uh, a little whip up could it be uh, the gates open for a for a COVID party for, for Susie's 64th. Well, am I meant to know when your mum's birthday is? Do you want to, do you want to tell me when that is? Feb- February, maybe go from there. February 23rd, my mum's birthday. I they were looking at it February 22nd, weren't they? Having a look. I think they're just announcing measures as, as to how we're going to ease ourselves out of national lockdown that we're in on the 22nd, but I don't think they're coming into effect until the 8th of March, so I'm led to believe. So who knows? Yeah, he, he's, he's quoting Witty, spud on the stick. Witty, who reckons we're past the worst of it, quote Boris yesterday. So, okay. but who knows? As I say, this is a Tory government who have got a yeah a track record of lying. So, take it very much with a pinch of salt. But I'm just open anyway. If if they do start to ease the eighth of March, then the Gold Cup days, I think the eighteenth. So, oh. obviously, I keep banging on about this Gold Cup day. So, it'd be nice if yeah I could get out and. Some capacity and, and watch that at least. Be yeah. nice. If you get a switch out, it would be tremendous. How did we do the first lockdown without That's sport? not an invite, by the way. <laughs> I wasn't expecting it, was Popey, to be honest. <laughs> would, would that be us gone past a year there without seeing each other in the flesh? I think it would, wouldn't it? Um, it was February, wasn't it? Yeah, the dam. I don't know the exact dates, like, but yeah. Mm. I don't, as I say, I don't know how we done it. I don't know how we done lockdown. I mean, we had the last dance, didn't we? I suppose. And we had Tiger King to keep us cooking, but. Without sport, I don't know, lad. I don't know how you do this lockdown without the distraction of all the footy and the golf and whatnot. Have you been taking a little bit in, Popey? Have you uh, managed to watch the Tiger Woods doc that I've asked you to watch so we can gab about it on this podcast? When Tiger was 10 months old, I unstrapped him out of his high chair one day and he walked over and hit the ball. 
I said, oh my God, I've got something special. I think Earl had the master plan since Tiger started walking. He asked me to ask his dad if he could play some other sports. But Mr. Woods said he had to concentrate on his golf. I wanted to protect that sweetness of him. It was a quality that I loved about him. I could tell he didn't know what was coming. Tiger was going to be this bridge between all the different races and tribes of humanity. How are you handling all the adulation? I honestly don't feel comfortable with that. Earl taught him the mental toughness to tackle the game of golf. I'm not sure that Tiger was mentally tough enough to handle the pressures of fame. I've told you a few times now, Steve, so I don't know whether you're trying to beat me. Uh, I haven't got Sky, I've got Virgin. And I've got the uh, the magic box, as you uh, as you referred to it as tongue in cheek, of course, a couple of days ago. So, uh, as I mentioned to you, I'm, I'm sure they probably got the limited edition on the magic box bonus footage, the works, but just haven't been able to uh, to unearth it as of yet. So, it's as good as it is, it, it, it's maybe not as easy to locate certain things on it. All I've heard <laughs> from you is you wax and lyrical about this box. You can get every every box set. Any sport yeah. you want, you can yeah. get a Iraqi Premier League football, whatever you need. Uh, mm-hmm. And you can find this Tiger Woods doc, so we can have a little little chat about about the latest HBO documentary. And well, maybe by the I way, haven't looked for it hard enough, who knows, but no one knows more about Tiger Woods than me, so I don't really need to watch it anyway in order for us to have a gab about it. No, you, you definitely do. You, you, need, you need to see and hear about Earl Woods' sex Winnebago. <laughs> That's all I'll say on the matter. If that doesn't hook you in enough, I don't know what will. So basically, is 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 dad's to blame for his uh, for his Vegas years, as, as you refer to them as? The, not so much to blame, to credit, maybe. Maybe that's that's yeah, use of the uh, the wrong word there. Well, put it this way: Earl's wingman is on the documentary, and he's basically saying about the shenanigans. He's absolutely. Who is it, Joe Exotic? Is it? <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> No guy rules there, like for for his wingman, he's completely flipping the lid on or busting the door open, I should say, on on Earl's Winnebago and the shenanigans that that went on. <laughs> yeah, but I would have thought he would have been paid generously in order to do so, like. So there's always a, a sort of a hidden motive there, isn't it? Do you know what I mean? Well, we'll have a guy. Do you think he just threw? Do you think he just threw him under the bus or, or threw him <laughs> under the uh, Winnebago? Shit, he's not gonna like this shit at all. Earl had this uh, little Winnebago and we'd let him teach on the range and he somehow would teach very attractive blonde women I never I never figured out where he met these women and often you know after the lesson they'd go into the Winnebago for cocktails Sounds like Earl threw a few under the Winnebago, to be honest with you, over the years. <laughs> threw a few out of the Talking Winnebago. Talk, yeah. Is he a major shagger life? By the sound of things, yeah. Tiger learnt more than swinging a club from his old fella, by the sound of things. <laughs> <laughs> Dr. Cock and Balls, yeah. <laughs> the man with the golden dick. Oh, Jesus <laughs> Christ. Kenny Powers classic. To, oh, to call Kenny Powers. Okay, so you haven't been watching documentaries. Did you catch any proper sport, Popey? You've been taking in the footy? Have you, have you watched any golf? Have you been having a gamble? 
Yeah, been having a, having a few few doubles. You are king of the after timing, as anyone who listens to this podcast will know. Yeah. So I'm going to do a bit of after timing of my own. I'm going to sort of keep me so old tip of the week up my sleeve until the end of the show, of course. But, please keep it there, um, Popey. Maybe maybe put up your sleeve and leave it in your jacket pocket. Maybe you might do all our listeners a favour. <laughs> That's a bit rich coming from you. Fucking hell. Yes, so I backed Salah prior to Sunday's game against West Ham, 16-1, to 1, play, uh, player of the year. I think he's down to about general 8-1. to 1, Okay, nice to touch, now. nice touch. Just on the basis, Steve, speaking to your Ross, cousin Ross, about this, there's some justifications. And if you look at the, the top of the markets, you've got Bruno Fernandes, who's, I suppose, quite deservedly the, the favourite, and obviously he's getting uh. a lot of love. A lot of Cantona comparisons, which maybe is a little bit early and a little bit over the top. But he's he certainly gone quiet, though, I think, the last month. His, yeah. his, his uh, productivity is not what it was sort of yeah. the first few months of the season. He's not scoring as many, not setting up as many. But at the same time, I suppose he does deserve to be the favourite. And then in behind him, you've got Harry Kane, who I, I think he's going to be out for a couple of months. You know, He's done both ankles. Yeah. I can't see him being back, back in the next couple of weeks. So obviously that's going to have an impact. And then you've got De Bruyne as well, who's injured. Mm. Not going to be out for as long as Harry Kane, but he's certainly not hit the heights as he has last season. And, and obviously I think that injury is not going to do him any favours because don't forget as well, this award is usually voted on early. It's usually... Like April time, it is. Um, yeah, it is. Yeah. If he doesn't come back till March, then I think that might have a bearing on it. Yeah, you've got Grealish, Grealish in there. Who, fair enough, yeah. But realistically, I can't see Aston Villa maintaining this good form. I think they're probably going to finish eighth at best. And will that be enough in order for him to win Player of the Year? I think the last time a player finished out the top six, maybe one Player of the Year was Scott Parker however long ago that was you see so I don't know I just, I just don't see Grealish for, for, for his or Grealish sorry for his, as, as good of a season as he's had so that just narrows it down to Ruben Diaz uh, for Man City who let's be honest has made a massive difference they're not scoring goals and as you know Van Dijk won a couple of years ago after we backed them at 33 to 1 so we certainly see him as a threat but then I think just just purely based on how weak the top of the market is, I just landed on Salah, 16-1. to mm. uh, He's top scorer in the Prem and he was top scorer prior to Sunday's game. And I just thought if he finishes on maybe 25 goals in the league, he's on 15 now. So he needs, what, another 10 goals in his last 18 games. Yeah. Um, w- combined with the fact that we've turned a bit of a corner, which we have, I think he'll have more opportunities now and he certainly seems to be since the Man United game really last weekend he's had three strong games on the bounce and I think Salah's turned a bit of a corner as well so I just thought there was value there 16-1 to 1, and Absolutely. obviously him scoring two goals on Sunday certainly didn't do any answer that it's a big price that Popey and uh, it's crazy isn't it he's having a bad season by all accounts Salah and he is performance wise has not been to his uh, to his high standards but he's what is he still three goals clear in the, in the lead scorer's yeah it's, it's madness like I know he's got 15 yeah I don't know who, who the second best this is a Vardy is it I think it's Vardy, yeah. I'll tell you what, though, lad, whose goals have dried up, and you might be on to winning better here with your head-to-head with your mate, Calvert-Lewin. When was uh, the last time he scored? Hasn't scored for ages. And to be honest with you, it's funny. I watched Everton again on Saturday, and I thought, he still looks good. He's still putting it about and taking good positions and that. I think I've actually been wrong on the bet. I thought he wasn't a very good player, and he wouldn't keep up his form because he hasn't got the talent to, but... I do actually think he's playing well, Calvert Lewin, madly, even though he's not scoring, but the service has been has been terrible for him. So I think if we do get that one home, I've backed him not to score eighteen goals on the season. I think um, yeah, I'll have fluked it in. Is that Lee goals, Steve? Lee goals, yeah, yeah, yeah. Lee goals. And what what's he on? He's on eleven. 
Oh, it's still a long way to go. The way he's all right, maybe not the way he's playing, as you've just mentioned, but certainly the, 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 the fact that the goals are dried up, yeah. Mm-hmm. Long way to go there. Like so yeah, he could be on to a could be on to a winner on that one, quite ironically. Aye. Certainly didn't look the case early on in the season, did it? Aye, aye, we'll see. Well we'll get on to this. Obviously we'll talk a little bit about it and with Adam. Should we get over to him? Yeah. Yeah, of course, yeah. There he is. Hi lads, can you hear me? Nice and clear. Is it all right, yeah? You might be the best sound. Might be the best sound we've had on the podcast, that Adams. Yeah, including including when we haven't had guests on, eh, lad, yeah? That's what I mean, yeah. Now you've drafted in your headset. What's your reckon of the beard, lad? Something 36 years like. It patched you up. It's alright, lad. Yeah, I'm having it. I am having it. What about the headset, though? Oh no, he looks like he's on cod or something, doesn't he? Yeah. Looks like a gamer a bit, doesn't he? How are you doing, lad? How are you? You've been in this morning, did you say? Yeah, just a bit of treatment. Yeah, I've been I've been to London yesterday, haven't I? So um, just not not an heavy today, like so. You back home, lad? I'm I'm in Weatherby. Well, to be honest, this is, seems more like home. We've lived here for what two and a half years, haven't we? You now, so mm. three years. No, that's what I mean, lad. Yeah, congratulations, by the way, lads. Number Hi, two, Cheers, two yeah. boys, eh? Double the trouble, innit? The man oh. of Dante. Oh, God. Has the, the, the novelty wore off yet, or not? Do you know what? The first four weeks, you know, you're just like, you're in awe, aren't you? But then, pff, honestly, he, he hasn't slept. He hasn't slept at all. He's had colic and everything. Jesus, really? I thought that uh, hairline looked a bit receding there, lad, yeah? That'd be why. <laughs> I've always had a big forehead, hasn't I? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, all I do is moan on the podcast. Yeah. He always pulls me on it about the two boys, but it's, uh, it doesn't get any easier. Like, but listen, do you know what it is, lad? It's it's like you mentioned there the sleep. So basically, just musical beds in our house. So literally, all you do with uh, with our Dylan just put Blippy on. You're on Blippy on YouTube. Oh, weirdo. <laughs> <laughs> Those are bad though, aren't he? Like he smashes up cars and that, and like Lucas three now. He goes outside with like his sticks and that starts it, and he has his car and that. <laughs> so Dylan's obsessed with them. Ah, oh, Louis, not asked like, but uh, Dylan's obsessed with them. So for his birthday, like blippy dolls, blippy costumes, blippy balloons, everything. Man loves them. So put them on our bed, put blippy on, and then he's sweet. And then Louis will just go around just playing zombies by himself. That's no surprise that the baby Gronk or baby Juice are into smashing stuff up, like is it? <laughs> seen him smash his own body up when he fell down that uh, that flight of stairs that that morning. Yeah, yeah. So basically, when Dylan was born, Steve come round. Uh, I don't know if you've heard the story. And then we're sat just gabbing like in the living room, and uh, Dylan's in his Moses basket, whatever. A couple of days old, a couple of weeks old, whatever. And then Louise and Louis are upstairs, but obviously because we're gabbing, I'd forgot Dylan was, was was in the Moses basket. So next minute, you just heard like a foot, 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 foot down the stairs, and then Louise screaming, "No!" So I've just shot up, shit myself, thinking she's got older. The baby fell down the stairs, shot out to the living room, and there's our Louis at the bottom of the stairs. Ad honest, are you? No way. Is he all right, like? Is he, he froze there? He's froze, Annie, he? yeah. He's gone into shock reliving the story here, I think, Ad. <laughs> PTSD's kicked in. What happened, like, was it all right? Oh, mate, we thought, like, you know, A&E, broken limbs, going to be goosed. He just shook it off, cried for a little bit, bounced back in My the back. room. 
yeah, you're back, you're back in the room. So then he became, that was it then, he was uh, Rob Gronkowski, the uh, the unbreakable <laughs> tight end for the uh, New England Patriots at the time. he just become Baby Gronk, basically. <laughs> and he has been ever since. <laughs> uh. On by Rafinha, great early ball through, it's Bamford! That's a wonderful finish from Patrick Bamford. It was a swift and a sudden move, but it may well turn out to be a decisive one. No goalkeeper saving that. Good result at the weekend, lads. Obviously, Leicester done Liverpool a favour at the same time. Big result for you to, to kick on from, really. Yeah, well, we've had a good run. We've we've won a couple now. Like momentum was good, and we beat we beat Newcastle away. I mean, different, aren't they? Like, but. Yeah, when we're good, we're good. Put us on a good pitch, and and I mean, we got beat four one at home against Leicester, and he kind of done a job on us. Jamie Vardy didn't play the other day, and he's you know how big he is for them. But yeah. Perez as good as he is a footballer. He didn't really test us in behind enough, so we could stay on the front foot, and you know, you know, we could win possession high up the pitch, and then we've got loads of energy, and we create chances. You catch us on if you catch us when we're on a good day. Like I, I'd fancy us against anybody. You mm. you even see. Isn't, don't get me wrong, Liverpool had that last little bit of quality, but you know we can take it to anyone. First game of the season, yeah, I was, I was thinking of that as a, as a case in point. What are the lads' thoughts, yours and the lads' thoughts, in terms of teams you've played this year? Has anyone stood out, whether it's a Man City or a Liverpool, or has there been a surprise package? Uh, to be honest, Leicester at home, the lads thought they were brilliant. Yeah. yeah lads, thought, lads thought Leicester were really good, really well set up. Um, Brendan Rodgers was, you know, he was clever the way he played against us and Harvey Barnes and Jamie Vardy. They sort of they sort of succeeded possess sorry, they, they allowed us to have possession, but then just got us on the counter attack and, and with the quality they've got, they were they were good. And then everyone knows we play quite a man to man based game. It's quite simple, like in the mm. fact that when you lose possession you latch onto your man. And then when, when obviously we gain possession, you lose your man and it sort of then latch back on when you lose it. Mm. We played Chelsea at Stamford Bridge and they they sort of went for ball playing, you know, wingers and things like that. So when they got us in wide positions, one v one, they were hard to defend against, and, and that worked really. Chelsea, Chelsea done a job on us a little bit as well. So yeah. the lads would probably say on the day Chelsea and Leicester were who they were most impressed with. And that would have been Lampard's Chelsea then as well, wouldn't it? Yeah, it was early on though. It was early on when the you know people were half saying that they got a chance of winning this league and everything went on sort of. Really. I mean, it's easy to say it now, isn't it? But they, were, they, made, a, they made a lot of signings, hadn't they, and stuff. So. Well, you know yourself, Ad, there's got to be a bedding-in period with these signings. We were, we've said that a few times on this pod, haven't we, Steve? Yeah. Chelsea, Lampard reminded us of like a, a kid playing championship manager. He was just literally... I know we got Thiago Silva in the end, and I know Chilwell yeah. obviously left back, but he's more attack-minded. But he was just buying attacking players, and it didn't seem much... No. Much of a thought process behind I it, think, apart from, yeah, he's good, he's good. I think he might have yeah, had Tommy Swindle Larson in there at one point, didn't he? Yeah, he, he was full, <laughs> full fucking champ manager, like. But it, it, it's mad how quick it changes in this league after, after a couple of results, isn't it, Ad? And do you think, like you're saying there, you can kind of put it to anyone on your day leads? Do you think yous are almost getting a little bit of an unfair assessment for a newly promoted team because you're such a historically big club and yous can on your day look like absolute world pieces? What's the vibe around the club about how the how the first season back in the Premier League is going? First and foremost, it was stay up. The hierarchy will probably, you know, they want to they want to have a good push. I think within they've said openly within the next two or three years they want to be in Europe. 
similar to what Wolves have done, and they proved you can do it. So, you know, at the moment, we're probably on par for what, what the club wanted. The lads the lads wanted to stay up. I think I think the win on the weekend, that takes us to 29 points. Now, we probably need seven or eight points in the last, I think it's 18, 17, 18, 18 games. So, I mean, I don't want to... I've done a podcast when we were in lockdown last year. Basically, it was one of these where it was, I got that, like, sort of got really relaxed on the podcast and went ahead and was like, I think, you know, no one's going to train harder than us and we're going to romp it when we come back. Yeah. The next, I mean, lad, obviously, we don't, we don't read the sun or nothing like, but our media lad sends me over a back page on the sun saying, formality for sure, we're going to romp it. <laughs> it just shows that you got to be yes. careful, haven't you, know, yes. And that puts more pressure on, doesn't it, obviously? Oh, so, so get on this, and then we um, we come back after the lockdown, and we've been we've done the Leeds documentary, didn't we? Yeah. You know, and I'm a, so the documentary team come round and film me watching the game and all that because obviously I was injured, and we got done in two um, nil by Cardiff. <laughs> I was getting slated off the fans. <laughs> well, it, really, lad? It, yeah. To the point where I had nothing to no part to play any. But if we wouldn't have got promoted, it'd have been my fault for saying we're going <laughs> to. Well, you become the jinx ad. It's like this podcast. I've put a couple of Liverpool tips up, haven't I? The last few weeks. Thiago, yeah. man of the match. I think Fabinho, player of the year. I think he went on... Did he concede three goals and get two bookings or four goals in two games? And it's like, Pope's barred me now from talking about Liverpool and making predictions on the podcast. No Liverpool Let's players. have it right, though, Steve. It's not a few weeks. It's the start of the season. You were putting off for me and all up as top scorer. Trent's as player of the year. They haven't aged too well, have they, then? But it's like... You're still flapping, and he's ten goals away from winning our head to so Ebbe Firmino, and uh, it's coming in. You can you can bag ten before the end of the not season. A goal scorer, not a goal scorer, not a goal scorer, is he? Back to what you were saying there about this season. Like a week's a long time in football because if you'd have looked at it last week, well, what ten days ago before Liverpool went to Spurs? Yeah. If everyone would have won their games in hand, Liverpool could have been sat in eighth position. Yeah. Yeah. Now you look at us, you're thinking. Can they go on and win it? Do you know what I mean? I think so, yeah. I mean, he, well, Popey was crying after the Southampton game saying you're not going to get in the top four. I'm <laughs> like, he, <laughs> he, was crying, he was crying harder than the Southampton manager, I think, on the touchline, weren't you? Hey, Ad, Ad, have you heard Steve's had 20 grand on us to win the league? Who do you think, hey, who do you think was the one crying? <laughs> Aston Hill. <laughs> do you know what? I'm absolutely made up. They haven't won a game since that, you know. They just signed um, what's his name? Um, Minamino. Yeah, yeah, Minamino. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Good signing, Bit of a strange one that one. It feels like he done really well against Crystal Palace and has another sniff since Minamino. Yeah. I'd rather have him as an option than Divock, you know, where he, he, I know he's a cult hero and all that, and look what he done against Barcelona in the Champions League. I get that, but. See it from him, you know. I know Minamino's being crap, I get that, but like you said, Palace, we've seen glimpses there, and he just hasn't had the chance, no, really. No. I know he's a bit slight, a little bit lightweight for, for the Prem, maybe, but I don't know, I'd rather have him as an option than uh, mm, Origi, like. Possibly. Just staying on Leeds, obviously, Ad, you mentioned fitness there. That seems to have kicked on again this year. You've looked the fittest side in the league. Has he turned it up, Bielsa? I know he's a tough taskmaster, like, has he kicked on yeah. even further in the top flight? No, not- not necessarily, no. Um, I think the only difference there is the lads have a full week. It's more often than not, you have six or seven days between every game, so he's getting more time on the training pitch with right. the lads. Yeah, he's getting to look a lot better. Whereas the championship, you play, you recover, you play, you recover. There's there's not many weeks where you don't have a midweek game. So the only the only difference really, like I said, is 
he, he gets to do his famous murder ball sessions that he does in the middle of the week. So, <laughs> and, and murder ball like going. Go ahead. Can you give us the details on that for anyone who doesn't know? Ad? Health 11 in the fact that, again, it's it's sort of 11 by 11. You'll do like blocks of five or six minutes and it's no fouls, you know, no fouls. And every single one of the staff are stood around the pitch and on the pitch screaming at you, press, press, press. And you, you just gasping for breath. Like it's, it's harder than the game. I mean, I haven't done it for a long time now, like, but yeah, I, I always, you know, lads always say there's nothing better than, you know, match fitness or whatever. That prepares you more than the match, the way we play. More often than not in the championship, 90 minutes of a game in the championship was easier than 40 minutes of a made really? the ball off the gaffer in the... Yeah. Sounds like you at the um, end of your 5k round, bro. Green that pokey, don't it? Goose. <laughs> <laughs> I'll, uh, I'll chat baps, yeah, Uncle Monty. <laughs> Tell you what, I'll, the, the soon going, lad. I'm sticking with me 5k's, doing about three or four a week. See, I haven't got the belly anymore. Like, still got the <laughs> chat baps, but. <laughs> Would you get on the crickety and throw us in a bit of murder ball, Adam, maybe in the summer? That's all the dog shite, wouldn't you? <laughs> just, uh, just staying on Beltrad. I've seen as recently as last week that he mentioned that you're not too far off a return. So, uh, how's your progress going on recovery front? Good, yeah. It's, I mean, obviously, it's it's been hard for me, like, but I, I probably, to be honest, I've got to be careful what I really say because the club obviously want me to to probably more of an exclusive when I am fit sooner yeah. rather than later. But yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, the manager. The manager came out last week, and it, I think he said a couple of nice things. Like he just said that because I do look after myself when I am back training. Like he'll, um, you know, it won't take me long to get up to speed and what have you. So, yeah, I'm hoping that I can still play a part this season and um, just put it all behind me. Really, lad, it's been it's been horrific. Oh, I can mm. imagine. You're in a good place now, though, lad. Yeah, two kids oh, aside, like oh yeah, yeah. You too. I mean, I love my job. Apart from that, do you know what I mean. Like I go in, I go into work and. I love going in the gym and stuff. I'm lucky, really, because I enjoy that side of it as well, working hard. And then, like you said, like we know better than anyone, you you come home and you can't really think about it. You're just under a mile an hour, aren't you? Yeah. I'm playing in the garden with Luca or whatever. So it's just you're just busy, aren't you? Your life's busy. Mm. Yeah. Good, good group of lads you got there at Leeds, yeah. Brilliant. Yeah. Really good. We, we've had a good core. Um, it was pretty much the same the same group the year before we finished 13th under Heckenbottom. You know when you really look at it. It's the gaffer. I mean, credit to the lads. The lads have been brilliant. The lads have been unbelievable. They've got to, they've got to stick the teeth into it. But yeah, the, the, like the professionalism and the elite environment that he's he's brought in is is frightening, really. Yeah, I think fans probably. I think because you know footballers are well paid and you know you're comfortable. I I think some fans probably take for granted how disappointed you will be not to be out on the pitch like and yeah. how do you manage that how do you manage like the mental health side of things and whatnot is it the distraction of the kids is it just being completely busy is it um yeah i try and leave it almost at the door as much as i can when i leave work i never used to i used to struggle with that especially in london just couldn't get away from it and to be honest i was a young kid i'd go home and play fifa and stuff like that and i was just football 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 and yeah I could talk football all day, but sometimes I have to stop myself at times because, you know, if I do get too cooked up in it all, it, it can sort of kill me too much, if you know what mm, I mean. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You get burned yeah. out with it. Yeah, but uh, although, although it's listen, it's my passion, you know, it's all I want to do. And, you know, even when I finish playing, I want to want to stay in football and stuff. But, yeah, I mean, stay, honestly, nothing, you know, you talked about being well paid and stuff like that. and maybe having the exposure of being in the Premier League, I, I would do anything to play football again. Like, it's just what you dreamed of when yeah. you was a kid. I know it sounds I know it sounds silly and petty and whatever, but 
you know, it just makes you realise what makes you tick. Like, it mm. just brings you back to when we were on the crickety and you carried your Samba over and all that. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yeah. DMX on the radio, like, yeah, the good old days. <laughs> Like Donny used to work. <laughs> <laughs> I know. That's, that's a long Imagine way off that. Long time ago, Dad had my knee working. Okay, now. I got to make a move and make it soon. Uh, I got to take a block and make it boom. Take the card, hit it with the spoon. Now come on, let's get that money. It's two o'clock and I'm just about to hit the street. Till I knock off this rock, I don't get to eat. Sometimes it's like that's the only reason why I hustle. Step on toes, strong arm and show a little muscle. Uh, you mentioned there that you want to stay in footy in some capacity. So would that be more of a coaching role, man, and then eventually on, on, onto a managerial role somewhere, or would that be more on the on the punditry side? Um, I don't know. I don't know. You know, I'm, I'm not really. Hopefully, you know, once once I'm over this injury, I'd, you know, I'd like to think I've still got a good seven or eight years. Like I've yeah. saved the years, saved the tokens up in the last eighteen months. But <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Hopefully, I'm not sure. I think. If you had to ask me now, I think I'd go more down like a scouting and agency route just because I love watching games and I haven't yeah. got all my badges and stuff yet. So mm. I, I think I think the, the scouting and the agency side does interest me, yeah. I think I like that side of it, the, that business of it. The many players that the many former players get into scouting duty. Yeah, loads. Duty, yeah, because that's some sort of unheard of that. Just for... I don't know, casual yeah. football fan like myself, it's not something I'd realise because yeah. obviously you yeah. associate the former players with the punditry because they're on your screens every weekend or obviously like um, if they go into management, it's in the public eye, isn't it, you see? So, yeah, it's not something I was aware of that. Yeah, they're more in the background. So a lot of players, if a lot of players, for example, played for Liverpool and things like that, you'd be surprised that, for example, I'd, Sammy Ipia might go back to Finland and he, he'll be there watching games for Liverpool. Yeah. 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 You know what I mean, that, that's an example. Um, I had a lad who, who messaged me the other week. I played with him at Brentford, and he was just chatting to me and all that. And he said, um, he "Just said him." I said, "What are you up to?" And he said, "Oh, you know, I'm sort of I'm on a retainer for Brentford. Like I'm over in back in France where he was from. I'm a scout for them and watch games and stuff and recommend players for them. So there'll be loads of players that do it as a bit of a side job as well as whatever they're doing. It's a boss gig. Well, Brentford lad, aren't they? They buy well. Like to be fair, buy really well. In all fairness. Yeah. Yeah, their model, their model's unbelievable. They, I think, I think in football you live and die by your recruitment. Mm. Yep. Everything like, probably you probably won't thank me for saying this, lad, but the best fella are probably moving players on at times when you thought, wow, that was mad. Was was Sir Alex Ferguson? You know. Yeah, and no, think- yeah. Do you know what? No, I'm, I'm not for, for as for as, as much banter as I have on this this podcast. You credit where it's due. Obviously, he's one of the greatest managers of all time. If you were to say someone like Joe Royal, I might have had a different response. <laughs> like, but yeah, eight runs away for someone. <laughs> Ryan, oh yeah, oh Ferguson. Credit where it's due. Like, yeah, and you're right there. Obviously, he did. He knew when. Look, look at like Kincelskis, case in point. There's loads though, isn't there? Let's be honest. Yeah, 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 yep, stamp, yeah. And then he goes and gets Rio Ferdinand. It's just, mm. I think it's recruitments and stuff. And Brentford do it every year. They seem to lose the number nine every year. And then they go out and get a, what's the lad, the lad from Peterborough, the striker who's there now. Yeah, yeah, he's banging them in. Yeah. I was going to ask you if they got this year because they had uh, the lad who went to West Ham, didn't he, last what? season? He was what? flying and they had Ollie Watkins. Watkins, obviously, yeah. 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 Can't think of the lad's name. He was a. Um, Come on, Paul. We're a sports and betting podcast. Can we not pull uh, this out of our arse here? Name. 
but Adam's the one who's been waxing lyrical about how much he knows about fuzzy and he can talk fuzzy all day, so the pressure's on him now. Come on, Adam. It'll come back. It'll come back to me. Just on Brentford, I think they um I think I think they'll come up, you know, to building up some steam this year. I think they'll do it this year, you know, fancy them for a top two finish. They've been so they've got, close. They've got to eventually, yeah, yeah, they have to have still They've been so close. A bit closer, a bit closer, and now I think he's really going to keep hold of everyone this year and do it. It was the final last year, wasn't it? I was on um, Army Jake Swansea. I had a good go on Swansea to get promoted. Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. Ch- I know, I know, I know, and, and he just done them, didn't he, in that, in that second leg. I think Swansea won the first leg in the playoff, didn't he? Like 2-0, 2-0 yeah. or something, and he turned it round in the second leg. But just, just staying on recruitment, Ad, you know, obviously I said in the intro there that you're from a family of Liverpool season ticket fans. What are you making of, of Liverpool remounting a title chance and what are you making of the lads they brought in there yesterday on the uh, the final day of the transfer window? Do you know much about them? Yeah, well, I, I mean, I, I've played against Davis. Um, don't know much about the centre-half from Germany, but from this is this is the thing. That from a fan's point of view, it probably doesn't fill fans with so much hope, thinking, why didn't we just go out and get someone ready-made? And, yeah. But then... Liverpool again, like similar to, I mean, not similar to Brentford, but in terms of the model and what they do, like as a as an investment, Davis from Preston is unbelievable. Yeah. Because at the end, hey, they, Liverpool are a business. You know, they're a, they're a, they're a massive, massive company, aren't they? And mm. get them for what? I think was it? I don't two, know. Two the million fee, money. I think it's it, two million. Yeah, but but I think the down payment was only half a mil. It was five hundred grand. Yeah. Which in the you modern know. game for a club the size of Liverpool is is literally nothing. All right. So now obviously every club's losing money during the lockdown with fans not being there. But for a club the size of Liverpool in the current game, two thousand and twenty one, half a million up front is it's Yeah, and then Popey, I think if you it doesn't work for him and come the summer do you want to sell him, he's he's here on a pedestal at Liverpool and you're probably yeah. getting ten million plus for him for six months. Didn't we put like a couple of million and a fucking bag of scampi fries down for Jota or something? It was. <laughs> I, I don't know how City have to pay well over the odds, and we seem to just not it's have to part with anything. Liverpool know as well, Steve, is in in this position that Liverpool are in now. Everybody knows Liverpool need the centre half. So yeah. if Liverpool had to get Cody or Ben White from Brighton, for example, they're just going to go right bang fifty million quid. Yeah, yeah. And I played with Ben, and he's top, top, top player, but. He's probably not worth fifty million quid yet, mm. but but they'll know that Liverpool are desperate. Uh, did you mention there Ben Davis? How long ago did you play against him? Can't remember. You know, I'm not, it, it'll have been probably within the last two years. I think something like that. Yeah. Did he create much of an impression? Doesn't sound as though he did. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but you know what? He, he never. I know he is, and um, I've probably seen him play a couple of times. But, but you just trust Liverpool. You trust them. The recruitment. Mm. Michael Edwards is he's unbelievable. The amount of fees they got for, you know, Solanke, Brewster. Yeah. And go, did Kent go on a permanent? Kent went on a permanent, yeah. I think he was one we lost him, Kent. I think he'd have been good, really. Even as far back as um, Stewart. Stewart went for about eight million quid, didn't he, to Hull? Yeah. Well, we basically got Andy Robbo for nothing because Stewart went the other way, didn't he, for like eight million. We what, paid 11 for Robbo, yeah. so my ringer. three million for the best left back in the world. My unlikely lookalike, Stuart, absolute ringer, haven't I? <laughs> How many have you got? Fucking, he was telling me he looked like Orlando Bloom the other day. Yeah, hey, not me. Not me. That's what I've had in the past. <laughs> a, a younger me. You know, I'm a bit lost with the unlikely lookalikes. I can't 
it, someone either looks like someone or I can't find the unlikely ones. There you go, Ad, exactly. That's my problem with it. Honestly, we've been doing it for, what, three months now, Steve? Well, we might I can't do... get my head around it. Basically, I'm not, he, lost, uh... I'm, I'm not as bad as him, but it's just... I, 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 I'm, trying to, I'm trying to explain what I mean. I, I feel like... Adam... I look like he's Listen. Exactly, Adam. Let let me give you an example. Perfect example. Obviously, we had, well not obviously, but we had our 2020 awards at the start of January, and uh, unlikely lookalike of the year was. Have you have you watched The Sopranos? No, never watched it. Oh, Adam, come on. You might end the call here, Paul. Yeah, I'm not happy. Lad, not happy. Have a look. But anyway, Ginny Sach, who's basically some fat 40-odd-year-old woman. And when I say fat, <laughs> very round. Well, it's about 20 stone, anyway. The, Ru- the unlikely look like a Ruben-esque. <laughs> Ruben-esque. Was that she look like Park Ji-sung? <laughs> <laughs> Listen, you know I mean? there's something there. <laughs> there's something that's there. That's all I can say That's all he says. Oh, yeah. I've got some. I've got some. I've got some paler ones for the derby. Everyone that's been submitted this week has been either Liverpool or Everton players, but I think I'm going to keep them in my pocket till the derby. But should we just talk a little bit about Everton? Adam, obviously you come through the academy. Did you want to ask him about Everton Popey, seeing as you're so interested in the Blue Boys? Or most certainly not. No, I, I, I wouldn't mutter their name out of me out of me mouth. Go on, I'll leave it to you. Seems as though you're an Everton sympathiser. No. Did you know he's a he's an Everton fan now, Ad? By the way, did you know where he's a, a staunch Everton fan? Blue under the bed. They call me, don't they? Listen, I support. In, I support Green. Fact, sorry, sorry, no, sorry to interrupt you. In fact, Adam. The reason he got you on today is to preview the big Everton game, the big Everton and Leeds game that's coming up. Didn't get you on at the start of the season, did he, to preview Liverpool-Leeds? <laughs> I don't think we were up to interviewing yeah. anyone back then, Popey, let's be honest. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, we're blue on our on THN, don't he? <laughs> <laughs> I had a gab with him yesterday. He was really concerned about Bielsa's bucket and a, a man of his age sitting on a bucket, you know, genuinely, like, he was... <laughs> Talking about osteopaths, and he, he was really, really concerned. Young man's game, that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, at, at least that's what you translated from your uh, from your gab with him, yeah. At least that's what you thought he was saying. <laughs> no, but seriously, um, Adam, it was a serious setback for the Blues the weekend there against Newcastle. I've actually tipped Newcastle to go down on the last show, so that was uh, that was great to see the the jinx strikes again. What are you making of Carlo's reign so far, and where do you think? your old club can get to with Ancelotti? I think they're steady. I do think they're steady. I think when you have a name like is, and then you bring in players like James Rodriguez, I don't think in the past Everton would have ever done that. And no. I know it sounds like, it sounds easy to say, but it's almost, would Liverpool have ever signed Thiago if back then Brendan Rodgers and Jordan Anderson, what he probably was back then, no. do you prize them? Club. And I think that could be the beginning of Everton starting to have a bit of a snowball effect in terms of getting bigger names to the club. Mm, yeah. What a manager. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, of course he is, yeah. What a manager. I feel like they've got a bit of a set team now. And yeah, that was a setback. It was strange that because Newcastle have a knack of doing that a little bit, don't they? they, they feel, you feel like they're just 
Do you, going look, going do you look down and out, Adam? Yeah, I, I said on the last podcast that I didn't know where Newcastle would win a game again. Don't get me wrong, they lost two <laughs> after we last spoke, but then they will pull that sort of performance out where they looked really solid, really dangerous on the counter-attack. It was mad. Yeah, they, they do seem to do that a little bit. I, I feel the same about them. They've obviously got Sam Maximum back now, haven't they? He's, the, uh, he's, he's probably their wow factor, isn't he? He's mm. their good player. So the lads, we played them last week and the lads said he was he was very good. But yeah, going back to Everton, yeah, I think, what would the fans be happy with? Well, they'd won a top six, wouldn't they, ideally? But You're starting up. up. I mean, I, I, think, I think this year if Everton finished top eight and he could go again and build and, like you say, maybe add a... Couple of top class players again. They're starting to. I think they'd probably definitely be the team to start trying to break into that top six properly again. Yeah. Well, yeah. you answered me question here. I was going to say, what what do you reckon the ceiling is? Obviously, as good a manager as Ancelotti is, what do you think Everton's ceiling is under Ancelotti? But you've, I suppose, you've said they're top six. You think? But, but that's depending this... on how long you've the stage. You think potentially top four in a couple of years? Yeah, it's hard to say. I don't know his contract and stuff like that, but. Everton's a project, isn't it? I mean, Klopp. It took Klopp what four years to win the Premier League, and he, he did say he was going to do it, and he done it. But yeah. I think when you say top six as well, it's it's top six. People would say Arsenal would have been a, is one of the top six, but you'd fancy Arsenal to maybe Everton to finish as high as Arsenal, wouldn't you? So mm. Mm. top six involving Leicester now, is it? Do you know what I mean? Yeah. I don't think the traditional top four is the traditional top four anymore, is it? Really, especially no, this no. season. Yeah. Yeah. It'll be broken up, like. Not in a COVID season, like no, uh, not not with this with this mad schedule, and uh, I think there's going to be a few a few surprises up there, isn't it? Definitely. So, hey, Leeds even soft four, eh, lad? Yeah. <laughs> why can't <laughs> Leeds throw you under the bus there, eh, lad? <laughs> but I don't see why you can't make a push, lad. Do you really for top six? Like you said, it's strange. I don't want him throw me neck on the line. I was going to say, don't say not now. He's trying to set you up for a fall here, mate. Don't oh no! Not. I mean, I don't know. We're, we're just. I think the lads are just enjoying it. You always want more, don't you, as any fan? But I think if you asked any fan and he just said we'd a secure Premier League stick and need to touch it, I think the lads probably are literally just taking it game by game and enjoying it. If we finish 12th, if we finish anywhere, I mean, you stay in the Premier League and we build and the way the, the club are recruiting and the likes of Rafinha and Rodrigo and people like that coming in, it's, it's exciting, isn't it? Yeah, it is, it is. I haven't enjoyed watching football without the speckies. No, it's not the same, is it really? It's crap, it's crap. I'm trying to get into it and I can't get into it. Now, I think you know we had Everton legend Peter Reid on the uh, on the podcast somehow before the derby last year. I remember you speaking yeah. to you before that. The second best former Everton player we've had on, I Absolutely, think. absolutely, I'd say. <laughs> Definitely. I remember you were saying how well he was regarded at Everton. On the training ground, Adam, and you hearing a lot about him coming through and, you know, comparisons there, early doors with him. I just wanted to ask, who's the best player you've lined up with in your career and against? Oh, do you know what? I'm going to surprise you. Um, I'll go to against. <sighs> I, I think I know what you're going to say here, because I remember who you used to tell me it was, but this is going back. Yeah. Played with or against? Against. No, do you want me to say against? Oh, go ahead. Tell me who it is, first of all, against. And I'll, I'll tell you the bit that I was thinking of. Always, one that always comes to me, head, and it'd probably be a little bit of a surprise to people, uh, Moussa Dembele for Tottenham. Ah, OK. I wasn't going to say that, no. No, well, he was he was unbelievable. He made me feel like a kid. He was that strong. Like He'd almost like run, run with me on his arm and, and then yeah. just pivot around me. 
thinking off you with these. He's one that always sticks to mind. And there's, there, there was a few. Popey, I don't know whether I'd ever mentioned Payet. Coutinho was frightening. Oh, God, I can imagine. Coutinho was frightened. De Bruyne was ridiculous and he's only got better as well. But I don't know who else. I can't remember who you might have said that or who might have told you, Popey, at the time. I, I'm going to sound daft here now when you've just mentioned De Bruyne, Coutinho and all that. I remember you telling me Jack Wilshere. Jack so Wilshere. start of your career was brilliant. Played against him. He was at Bournemouth on loan at the time and the way he moved his body and that was, was unbelievable. I even watched him last week again. He came on at half time for, for Bournemouth in the chip and you can just see his quality. Mm. Feel that bad injuries myself. It's it's hard. I mean, you remember that game against Barcelona when he was a kid? I was just going to say, if it's Xavi and Iniesta, he just went up against the two of them. And, and basically had them off. Now Wilshire, he's got three ahead of him. Abu has got four to his right. Jack Wilshire, space for Robin Van Persie. Oh. You were just waiting and dying for the net to bulge. Into his space a little bit there and blocked, it, blocked that little path off. Wilshire gets it back from Fabregas. Jack Wilshire, he is oozing confidence. 19 years of age. By himself, that was that was the game, and that was as good as it got for him. And... And it was sort of a bit of a decline from them, really. So a bit of it, not, not so much a wasted talent, but I don't think he's got the most out of his career remember, from from what his, his talent deserves, really. Do you ever remember um, Pep's comments after that when he got asked about him after the game? No. He said, "I've got about ten of them in my youth team. I just killed them off." <laughs> <laughs> Did he? Yeah. Yeah, he killed them off. Yeah, that's like because he ran the game, didn't he? But I mean, that was probably when the likes of Thiago and all them were coming through and stuff. So. What a crop that was at Barca, like, Jesus Christ. But what a night for Wilshire. He's kind of one who got away, Wilshire, isn't he? He could have been an international I'll tell regular. you who's the one now. I'll tell you who's, who's Wilshire 2.0, but better. And then again, it's an obvious one. And he's getting a lot of applauders at late, of late and rightly so. But Phil Foden oh, is and he's fucking frightening, isn't he? Frightening, isn't he? You love him, don't you, Paul? <laughs> he's a bit different, isn't he? He's different to Wilshire. He's more of an attacking player and he gets goals and gets in the box and all that. But I can, I can see what you mean, the way he moves and... The low sense of the gravity and all that. He's just—he's brilliant, though. Any Phil Foden could be anything. Not like a Ravel Morrison, and he's fucking—you know what I mean? His head gets sand off the pitch, and he's a bit of a playbook, which I don't think he is. I think he's from good no. stock, but he can—he can do anything he wants. He can go on to achieve anything he wants, really. I think I've got your yeah. next birthday present, sort of Pope City Phil Foden shit. All you've done is <laughs> wax lyrical about him for the last few weeks. It's mind blowing, really. Know. Big big game tonight. I'd have mentioned there that uh, obviously the reason one of the reasons Steve wanted to get you on is to preview the big game Everton Everton against Leeds. So any predictions for tonight? Well, tomorrow then, yeah. No one knows when I'm recording. You see, I was oh, thinking right. more so we'll release it tomorrow. Yeah, good. <laughs> you know what I mean? Good luck with oh, that. It'll probably come out Friday. This, you know, knowing how long that take on the edit. Like, <laughs> any predictions, Ad? Leeds Everton. Uh, I'll be honest, the fanciers. I fancy us definitely. Our, our pitches, our pitch was awful. It was it was terrible, and it's uh, they've, they've just spent a lot of money. They bought, I think, they bought a pitch off Spurs or something like that. Yeah, Spurs grew, grew a pitch and was selling it off. Is that Leeds. why they've gone shite? Spurs, they've sold the pitch. <laughs> Leeds, no Leeds. Um, Leeds bought like turf off them or something like that. So I've heard. Um, so so I heard at the signing round. And anyway, it's been relayed because we hadn't played there for a couple of weeks. And like I said earlier, you put us on a good pitch. I, I feel like. We can match anyone, and I mean Everton. Everton will want to bounce back, won't they? But it won't be an easy game for them to come and come and get a result. And no. I think, yeah, we've. I think we might have won the last three now. So, do you reckon I, he set up well against them, like? 
yeah, I think we can match them up massively. Yeah, they play a three in midfield as well. They've got good energy in there. The likes of Decora in that as well. But I, I fancy just to get a result. Yeah, I think both teams will score, but um, I think we could win the game definitely. Okay. I'll be open. I'll be open for a Leeds win anyway. I'd, can't say the same for Steele, like, but or Blue Mix. <laughs> Blue Mick's quite <laughs> bullish about a 2-1 Everton win, he was telling me yesterday <laughs> on JTN, so we'll have to have a look at that. What about Liverpool City Sunday as well, Ad? Quick prediction on that. Big one, big one. Yeah, I don't know. Don't know. When do Liverpool play Brighton? Tomorrow. Wednesday. Wednesday, yeah. I don't know. You look at Klopp's record against Pep, though, you know. I know, it's insane. He's got his, measure, he? got his measure. Yeah, I watched it all or nothing and... The amount of respect Pep's got for Liverpool as well, I think. Yeah. Although they've gone in front and they've got a lot of experience being in front and stuff, I do think they'll start worrying about Liverpool again after the last two games. Mm. It's massive, isn't it? Is it, a bit, is it a bit different without the fans as well at Anfield? They've been a massive, massive part probably. of our results like against City, I feel, over the last few years. Probably, yeah, probably. I, 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 do you know the one team I haven't played since there's been a lockdown, no fans, um, but... I could imagine the hardest team to play against the City. You know, you could just imagine it being a training game where yeah. they're just bopping it around you and yeah. amount of technical footballers and that they've got. Yeah. Uh, I'd, I'd, if I had, had to make a prediction, I'd, I'd go with you, Popey. I'd have to say that Mane back in the side, I mean, for as good as Origi has been, I think Mane, hopefully Mane will be fit and sit in the fence like, <laughs> you're having a good prediction there, Ad. I think it's you mentioned there, it's a huge game. It's season defining for Liverpool, at least anyway. I think it's a game we've got to win. All right, if they win the game in hand, who's the game in hand against they? Everton, innit? The rescheduled one. Where at? At Goodison. Hey, Popey Shock, you knew that quickly as well. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't, yeah. Know who, but doesn't know who Brentford's striker is, but he can tell you uh, Everton's running from, from now until the end of the season. I can give you the day and the kick-off if you want, everything. <laughs> I just think, yeah, I think Klopp's got the measure over Pep, and I think you mentioned there Pep's got respect for, for Liverpool. Maybe, maybe you've got a little too much respect for us. And, and I know what you're saying, State, we're going to miss the fans as we have done of late, but I think we turned a bit of a corner now against Tottenham, proved that against West Ham, and yeah, hopefully now that Salah's firing again. We're playing Thiago further up the pitch rather than the number six role. I don't know how fancy us, but mm. again, you've you've Did mentioned you the case of the pod, so I'll probably fucking put the markers on it there. Yeah, yeah. So so just predict the City 3-0 free, free win, if you don't mind, Popey and Will. <laughs> we'll be all right, I'd imagine, on this podcast. Does he play at centre-half? Oh, Jesus. Oh, I don't... What do you reckon, Ad? I don't know. Well, he's asking you. What do you reckon, Popey? I don't know, centre-back? I'll pass this one on to you, Stephen. Come on. Well, you, you know my thoughts on Nat Phillips. I, I think he's going to kill someone at some point. He's going to wipe <laughs> someone out. He's going to take them into the front row. But he has. He, he's kept nine clean sheets for us. You know, in twelve in twelve appearances, he's kept nine clean sheets. Like so, I don't know. I think, uh... Do you go with him and Fabinho, or do you go with him and Henderson? Is Fabinho back? Matt himself for the season, isn't he? Do you see that? I've yeah. just seen a text come through Van Dyke's uh, Klopp's apparently confirmed that Van Dyke's out for the season. I was hoping he'd be back in like Fa- April. Fantastic. That's just, that's just great news, that, for me. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know whether it's true. It's from Mark, like, so half reliable source, at least. But Sunday, I, I, I couldn't even guess. I, I, I couldn't even suggest who, I, who I'd start centre-half, is it? I think, I think if, if Fabinho was fit, I'll be honest, I'd play Henderson and Fabinho there. Yeah. Because, yeah. but as good as Nath Phillips was... 
it's a different game, isn't it? Massively, yeah. You know, but when it's a physical contest, I think he's in he's in his elements. I think he was. Don't get me wrong, he was brilliant. He, he was, was brilliant against West Ham. Didn't put a foot wrong, but yeah, I don't know. It's a, it's a tough one, isn't it? The thing you get with Anderson you, you as lose well. Notes in the middle of the park, aren't you? Yeah, then if you do oh, that, yeah. yeah, I know you're right. I think I go with experience against the side like that, though. In all honesty. Mm. Mm, it's interesting. You don't rate Man City, do you, Steve? I, I I don't not rate them. I think that's I think that's a bit harsh. I, don't, I don't, just don't think it's. I know they've had a run of games here, and a run of clean sheets. The clean sheets are worrying me, and it just shows the difference, like you were saying, Adam, in the business models, really, doesn't it? You know, Pep brought Nathan Ake in, didn't he, in the summer? What was he forty million? Took three weeks look at him and went, Nah, he's not up to it. Really, let's go and pay fifty million for for Diaz. You know. You know, our, our back line looks like fucking a Vietnam prisoner of war camp or something, doesn't it? The amount of injuries that we've had. Um, <coughs> and we're having to go to Preston and get a centre-back in. It, it is, it's a complete different standard they've got City. So I wouldn't say I wouldn't say I don't rate City, but I, I don't think it's as good a team as, as Pep's past, really. No, I agree with you. And I, I do think, agree with you, I Steve. think the catch just, like... just, just, just to add a bit of perspective, that we've lost our three centre-halves for the season, which when's that ever happened before? So basically, it's the equivalent of Man City losing uh, Stones, Diaz, and Laporte for the season. Do you know what I mean? So for us to be where we are, having lost obviously Gomez and Van Dijk at the start of the season are now massive. Is a testament to, to to how good of a how good of a squad and a, 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 how good of a squad we've got and how good of a team we are really. Mm. Testament, testament to both us and City. I'd say. I think in the, nobody else is grabbing the ball by the arms or whatever this time, but. I think, you know, they've got no centre forwards, and nobody's nobody's actually taking the initiative, and we're still the two front runners, really. Yeah, mm. yeah. You know, people are getting carried away with Man United, and then they, they put them two results together. I think, but I think it is credit to the both teams. Question for question for both of you boys. Um, obviously, he's brought the two two sort of young lads in. Yes, well, Davis is twenty five, and then the the young lad from Schalke. He's obviously not going to throw them in a, in, at a Man City, why would you? But obviously we've got Brighton midweek, Wednesday. Can you see either of them playing on Wednesday or not? Do you think obviously he's going to get them up to speed uh, in training first of all and then maybe roll them out in a couple of weeks' time? Or what do you see happening there in terms of them coming into the team? You're really, really interested in this Ben Davis, aren't you, Pope? Almost as interested as me and Everton, really. But what's, what's going on here? You got some investment. Namesake, that's all. No, just he's my namesake, any, ah, that's all. So. Is that what it is? No nope. more. Yeah, no idea on the fitness levels, which is a massive part of the question, really. Played games recently. I, I couldn't tell you if, they, if any of could tell me that, but he seems really keen on the lad from. I mean, he's had dialogue, hasn't he, with David Wagner, who was the, the other's field gaffer, and seems really keen on the one from Germany. Yeah. So, the lad from Schalke, yeah. Then back to when he when he makes signings, he's never been in such a desperate state. But he takes a while putting them in, doesn't he? Mm. It takes a while. You look, you know, you look at Oxley Chamberlain. You look at um, Andy Robertson. Andy Robo lad was the one I was thinking of. Yeah, same. Yeah, he never. He's, he's never. He's never been in a position here though where he's he's sort of desperate though, has he? So no, I don't know. Question. I don't know what their fitness levels are. We'll have a look, won't we? We'll have a look tomorrow. Did Leeds do any business ad in the transfer window? I didn't catch that flash up on the Sky Sports News, or have they just? No, no. Not that I know of it. No. Went in this morning. New faces like so. Yeah, yeah. Good no. That military training that Earl passed along to Tiger, it was something else. 
but his mother, she's the one who made him a complete competitor because her philosophy was, put your foot on their throat, son. You kill them. Ad, have you played any uh, any golf? I, I think I played twice last year with you know with me injury and stuff. I started to get into a good rhythm in June. Um, obviously, you need your hips, don't you, to spring the clubs? Of like, course you do. Not to stay, it's all in the knees, isn't it? Just a horrible golf swing, like all in his back and his knees. Yeah, I'll tell you, I'll tell you what. I started watching Tiger yesterday, the documentary. Oh, well, what? Is well, right. Like is right. Well, I'm glad. So I'm glad someone did that. I've been trying to get him to watch it for weeks. Not interested. Oh, brilliant, unbelievable. How good unbelievable. is it? Not interested. That's a bit extreme. But um, well, oh, there's what... no But obviously, we've got a golf society, haven't we? Well, yeah. some of our listeners will know. But believe it or not, there are a few people who listen to us outside of our immediate social circle. Anyway, so they won't know we've got a golf society. And stay. Adam's the only player I've ever played with. Not only has he chipped in once at something all, he chipped in twice in one round. Absolutely hate the man. I don't think I've ever chipped in. Never chipped in once. I've been playing golf since I was about, what, 12. I don't think I've ever chipped in since the age of 12 and 36. Now, Adam's chipped in in one round twice at something all. He chipped. You probably don't even remember it, do you? Adam means nothing to you. Meant everything to me, meant nothing to you. Do you remember where was we? Uh, I can't. Was it? Wasn't Mersey Valley? Was it? Sutton Hall. Sutton Hall. It was. I didn't run yet, Our masters twice. They chipped in like the first time, and I was like, "Wow!" And you talk like dead weights, just a bit of check on and everything. It wasn't like a fluke. And then he done it on the back nine as well, and I was just like, "Wow!" Is this what I'm going against, he, he, really? He, and I'm only getting two shots off him. He remembers the day, the time, everything here by the sound of things. <laughs> ruined his life ruined his round ruined his life and by the way Pope I mean you can call it a golf society I think we've played more games since the pandemic than we did outside of the pandemic I've never known so little outings for a golf society since you took over the captaincy oh wow you're calling me out yeah I don't know I think I, I'm, I'm a decent um, captain of the society obviously I've got the, the nickname Captain Monty, aka Chap Baps, which I obviously I sort of I play on that a little bit. Uh, but no, I think it's I think up until I can't help it pandemic striking, can I? But I think the year before we played six or seven times. Can't do more than that. I'll give you, yeah, I'll tell you what, I give you the name. One of them rounds of golf this summer was in June. Our Andy drove up and we had a round of golf in Leeds. We were we were on the, the halfway house. We were getting like getting something to eat, a coffee and a, a bacon butty or something. And the fella, the chef in the halfway house, our Andy's behind me, I'm ordering. And uh, our Andy's stood behind him, using at home, he's having a ciggy, like. Yeah. And some fella goes, oh, how's the injury and all that to me? He's a Leeds fan. He's a... Uh... I was like, yeah, yeah, I'm doing well as well. You all right for a picture? And he goes, just shout Luke Aylan for me there as well. <laughs> <laughs> he goes, shout Luke... He goes, he goes uh, can you get Luke Aylan? I was like, oh, it's not Luke Aylan. And the chef, the chef... He's like making the bacon, but he's going, ah, like looking at me, going, ah, go on, get him for us. No, it's not. No. <laughs> get him. Get him Is that an us. unlikely lookalike for you, Steve? Yeah, it could yeah, be. There, Andy. Adam, I thought you were going to say he passed you the camera and he wanted you to take the picture of him in Luke Island. <laughs> hey, I've had that before. So, I don't know. He's had it loads. He's had it loads. He's been, he came to ask me away at Wigan. Yeah. And it, well, they were all, at half time, they were all singing. They were all singing down in the foyer where you get your, uh, your drinks. Singing, Luke, uh, Luke, Luke, uh, Luke. <laughs> and, and, 
Are Andy stood there again just going bright red? You can imagine him, can't yeah, you? Yeah, he'd hate yeah. that. He'd hate yeah. it. He'd be like, fucking hell, that. What you do, though, Adam? What? Someone, once, someone said it to him and he just went, I'm fucking Luke Ayland, mate. But I was like, right. <laughs> It's better than getting fucking Tony Nunes like I used to when I had a clean shave on the cop when I was 19. <laughs> I'd, take, I'd take that over, Nunes. But Adam, you were, you were going to say you've been enjoying the Tiger Woods doc. Have you done both episodes or just the first one so far? Yeah. Oh, no, I've watched them, yeah. I haven't yeah, watched the second one. I've only watched the first one so far. And second one's even better, Steve. I found it quite emotional, mate. You know, obviously, uh, golf with me Al fella and all that tied in. It, it was right. And obviously, him talking about his Al fella. But Earl's Winnebago, we were talking a bit about it on the intro. No comment. <laughs> no comment. <laughs> Are you taking the fifth on Earl's Winnebago? Yeah, no comment. Them cocktails must have been nice. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> In all seriousness, I'd watching the, uh, the the Tiger Woods documentary. Is it give you the, the bug like to want to obviously appreciate? Oh. Obviously, football massively takes the the, the the sort of the priority. But once you hopefully start playing again, are you are you looking forward to getting back out on the course? Yeah, definitely. Yeah, honestly, I was watching it. I said to me, Mrs. because she watched it with me. It said it massively giving me the bug. See him in all his night gear oh, and all that. Oh. Yeah, he's. It's great, isn't he? But it, it it gets even better, Steve. It's yeah. the story of it. You've got some him. Um, got some people on there, haven't they? Telling their own stories, like. Uh, well, no spoilers, Dad. No spoilers. Uh, uh, we were talking a little bit in the intro there about Earl's uh, wingman flipping him out and and grass super grass. Ah, yeah. that like, money. <laughs> you honestly, you want to see? I don't want to give too much away, but the second episode is. Thing I will say about it is I don't think Tiger Woods has had any say in it going on. It, when you watch the second episode, because there's not a chance he would have allowed some of the stuff that goes on in on the second one. Uh, I think is, he, is he is he not portrayed in a good light then? No, he is and he isn't. He is in terms of golf. Yeah, in terms of golf, like he gives a really good story of him, like like in the first one of him, you know how he started and getting out the eye chair and all that. But no, not in the second one, not at all. No, shows some real footage, like doesn't put him in a good light. Have you not had Luca out on the course yet? No. No, I've got him a little plastic setting now. What about you? Yeah, not not really. Ah, Dylan's more interested than Louis, to be honest with you. He's obsessed with like football. He'll, he'll watch it and he'll just literally kick a ball around the house. And then for his birthday when he was two, then got him some plastic clubs and he's made up with them. He hits them around the house. Like, but Louis's not as interested, so I think it might be more uh, more Dylan. He'll uh, he'll probably take after his dad. You've got a balance. You've got a. <laughs> What he'll be moaning about every shot, saying it was the best he's ever hit, but the greens weren't soft enough. <laughs> <laughs> if he's like, he's gonna be like his dad, get him a psychologist, quick. <laughs> Child counsel. There must have been some psychological damage on on Tiger, though. Adam, fucking hell, his parents. Yeah. Basically, his dad was a lunatic marine, and his ma was a member of the Viet Cong. By the sound of things, that. Savage of a woman, eh? Like, did you hear her when oh, she? Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, mate, did you hear her about Phil Mickelson when he was head to head with him? I think was it in the Masters, and she didn't just want him to beat him; she wanted him to embarrass Phil Mickelson. Apparently, oh, like, wow, yeah, yeah, absolute yeah. savage of a woman. Like, don't let that visor fool you. <laughs> I've got a few of them off Gangan, haven't I? A few oversized <laughs> women's golf visors. <laughs> Pope gets his golf wardrobe from his nan, lad. Did you hear that? He has hand me downs off his nan. Of Gangnam. Ninety-one year old Gangnam, we call it. Yeah, so we we'll go to it, but probably every February, March, and just get a few top flight balls off her and a few visors, basically. 
as Dave always reminds me of. Every time I rock up to golf and something new, Dave, just, your, your P, yeah, just gives me the little nod, yeah, being to see Gangan, have you, lads, yeah? <laughs> <laughs> no, but... Plus. <laughs> that you've given us the time to come on here I'd, as I say hopefully you'll be on our screen soon in, in the white shirt and I, I know you're having a good season and I'm not just saying this because you're our mate but I do feel like you could be a bit of a missing ingredient there for Leeds it is at times 100 miles an hour isn't it and quite frantic I've watched a lot of Leeds games this season um, with betting interest and I think you could be great slotting back in and, and just putting your foot on the ball and slowing the pace down a bit at certain points of games and Hopefully that's sooner rather than later. Yeah, it's all I'd appreciate that, yeah. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it and hopefully it's all behind me, yeah, definitely. And then we'll give you the shout when the uh, when it's an exercise game anyway, Odd. I just want Pope good to chat to you. Yeah, so we'll speak, speak to you in about 18 months then if Pope's arranging it out. Nice one again, lad. Yeah. Catch up with you soon, mate. Ah, lads. Yeah, nice one, lad. Take it easy. There we go, Popey. Very good. Cracking lad, isn't he? Top, top notch, Adam. He is, yeah. I've always had a lot of time for Adam. I remember um, not long after his Everton debut, so he was obviously a young lad at the time. Yeah. He must have been about 19. And my mate, or former mate, I may add, uh, who was an Everton fan, a big Everton fan, season ticket holder, uh, he managed the kids' footy team. He'd asked me, whether he, whether I'd ask Adam to do the kids' football presentation for them. So, uh, so I remember I called Adam, and obviously I knew him through through Andy more so his older brother. Yeah, and I, I, I knew him well enough, but but sort of not really well enough to ask for a favour that magnitude. But you know me anyway. I'm not too shy when it comes to to asking for something. So uh, well, I give him a call not. anyway, explain the situation, and yeah, he, he didn't have any problems with it. So me and him went to. Was it? I'm trying to remember what the pub was, but anyway, it was a pub anyway in uh, in, in Noxie of all places, not a screen. And yeah, we spent a couple of hours there. Me, me mate, or me mate at the time, was made up as with the kids, and yeah, took pictures with everyone, and yeah, measure of the man really because quite refreshing. Obviously, a lot of footballers get a get bad press, and yeah, it's just good. Adam's never really changed, has he? Since no. he's uh, since he's made it into a professional footballer, and yeah, as I say, I'll always have a. A lot of time for him on the back of that, more so than any. And not an easy gig, that, for a 19-year-old footballer to do a football presentation. I remember Stephen Gerrard doing ours in the Village Hall here. My dad, DMS? Yeah, my dad uh, knew Phil Thompson. So it was through that, I think it was the same sketch as Adam. He'd only played a couple of games, Gerrard. And, uh, yeah. I was the captain at the time. I think we were under 11s, under 12s. So Ken Smith, our manager at the time, asked me to get up and give a speech at the end of the presentation, you know, thanking everyone involved with the club and all that. I think it was 12, 13, something like that. Might have been a little bit asked for a 12, 13, you know, to be fair, like. Well, I'd, I'd done it and, you know, rambled through it, whatever. He come up to me, Gerard. He shook me hand, Gerard, and went, fucking hell, kid. I don't know how you managed that there. Like, I, I was nervous just there handing the trophies out. <laughs> it's just <laughs> mad how much the game's changed in terms of media training. And you asked Adam there, didn't you, about punditry and that, obviously... Like he's saying there, he's getting close to, to being back to full fitness and, you know, many years left 
on the field, but I do think he he's got a presence, hasn't he, and and a, a smart and an intelligence that that would serve him well in the studio and in the punditry game. I think so, yeah. And even going back to them when he was a nineteen year old, yeah, he was like you said, it's not not the easiest of gigs, but yeah, handled it well and. Yeah, so I've always been appreciative of that to, to this day, really. And yeah, he's the type of lad who'd, who'd sort of do anything for you. So yeah, appreciate him yeah. coming on, as is the case with, with all the guests. And I will be messaging him privately just to get that permanent post up there on his Instagram page. <laughs> I made up he managed to watch the Tiger Woods doc as well. I mean, even Adam, a busy footballer with a, with a brand new baby, he got time to get both episodes in. Uh, <laughs> Did you? A brand new baby. It's not a fucking car, mate. It's a baby. A brand new baby. I don't know. I haven't stepped into fatherhood. I'm not down with the terminology, am I? Yeah. <laughs> Did a you, newborn baby. The newborn baby. Yeah. Did you at least catch Panorama <laughs> last night in terms of documentaries? Did you? Did you catch Boxing on the Mob on the BBC last night, lad? The uh, Kinahan special. A former boxer executed in broad daylight. A gangland killing at the weigh-in for a European title fight. And a suspected mobster at the heart of world boxing. You can't ignore people in the inner city walking around in fear for years. You can't ignore the drug problem and you can't ignore that the fact that Daniel Kinnan is one of the guys who's caused all of this. Again, I know you'd asked me to, you'd sent me something, but there wasn't any context with it. You just sent me a screenshot or something with no text or no. It comes no great surprise to tell you it didn't. Your mate Daddy was all over it, like Daddy Matthews all over it. Now you've given him a little bit of little bit of stick. Barry McGuigan was on a talking head, speaking quite vocally against the alleged gangster and uh, cartel leader Daniel Kinahan. Are we a little bit worried about Barry? Are we a little bit worried about you yourself ending up in the Liffey? With Barry McGuigan for your comments about Derry and and Kinnahan. <laughs> <laughs> and I don't I don't mean the pub the Liffey either, I mean face down in the fucking in the river. Oh the river Liffey, yeah, do you reckon? I don't know. So are they so are they are they are they part of the same sort of social circle, are they? Daisy, Derry and, uh, and McGuigan. Yeah, well it's MTK. I think they're all MTK owned, aren't they? And basically this this was implying that money's come from ill-gotten gains to, to fund MTK and basically they were trying to say, is boxing doing enough to get Daniel Kinahan out of boxing? And Barry McGuigan was was very vocal, but Barry McGuigan has lost a few fighters to MTK. Carl Frampton, um, I think one of, I think Conlon went over to MTK um, from Barry. Could there be a bit of... So Steve, was he, was he vocal in his support of Kinahan then? No, 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 the other way. Basically saying oh, okay. that it's uh, intimidation tactics, he's bad for the sport, um, he should be arrested and whatnot. For... So what's Kinnahan's relationship with MTK? Sorry, everyone knows MTK, I get that, but so what is is, is it his business effectively? He was basically the, the, the silent backer and runner of um, MTK, yet he was Matt Macklin's business partner by all accounts. He's obviously an advisor to Tyson Fury, isn't he? He spent a lot of time on Tyson Fury. I mean, don't get me wrong, yeah, there's been... They're alleging that there's been, and there's a lot of evidence to say there's been a lot of bloodshed at the hands of the Kinahan gang with the Hutchers. Obviously, I think there was 18 deaths on the Hutch side and four on the Kinahan side over the years. You know, obviously, there was the Jamie Moore incident in Marbella. It went into all this. It went into how he's been able to work with Frank Warren and, and Eddie Ayn and, and basically Barry. Well, was... it's funny you mention Frank Warren there, Steve. It's, it's, not, it's not new in boxing. This... There's always been sort yeah. of. An underworld underbelly, for want of a better word, really, with boxing. Even Frank Warren, 
Oh. Apparently, is 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 a, a, allegedly at least I don't want to slander the man, but he's got a, he's got a bit of a dodgy reputation, hasn't he? Prior to him getting getting to be in a boxing promoter, Don King as well. So it's, it's nothing bit. new, obviously, to the extent of of of, of mass murder and, and and being a criminal organisation might be something something a bit different. But at the same time, it's not new to boxing, is it? Yeah, I mean, I feel like that was a bit of a reach on the documentary, you know, to be kind of implying or, or telling people that oh boxing might be aligned with gangsters and, and organized <laughs> crime you know let's go back to the craze let's go right the way back boxing is the red light district of sports isn't it now, i don't even know if it operates to the standard it's able to without the criminal elements really and the criminal money so i don't know i don't know what the fallout will be as i say there was some quite interesting takes and some quite interesting journalism but Barry McGuigan, yeah, I don't know. Was it sour grapes, maybe, because he's lost a few fights and he's fallen down the pecking order to MTK? Or do you think he's got a, a legitimate a legitimate goal of cleaning up the uh, the sport he, he's represented for years and, and his country? No, not at all. No, there's, there's always a hidden agenda here, isn't it? So, yeah, I think it's more so the former than the latter, to be honest with you. Yeah. So is that a BBC job, is it, Steve? BBC iPlayer? It is. Will be able to catch up on that? Yeah, get on that when you get a chance, Popey. Yeah, yeah slot it in right there next to Tiger. <laughs> Barry McGuigan, Supergrass, yeah, very interesting. <laughs> Ooh, there you go. <laughs> Your words, don't forget, Sonny's part of MTK, isn't he? And so he might say he might have your back if no one else. Yeah, yeah, he might need our back on a few points. I think Sonny, after the last few weeks, <laughs> certainly might have to be the uh, the sit down guy for you and Daddy, anyway, possibly. Well, I'm not saying not. <laughs> <laughs> bit like a, bit like Adam on Earl Woods's Winnebago. No comments. No comments, yeah. It's one thing saying he fucking blocks punches with his head. It's, it's, it's another calling him out, like, do you know what I mean? So we'll just leave it at that, eh? <laughs> okay, lad, before we get on to our Super Bowl preview, I've got to ask you a question. Come on. Valentine's Day coming up. Have you got Lou's gift sorted? Gift for Valentine's? What's that? Do you not get involved in Valentine's Day gifts, no? Louise gets her gift from me in a bedroom, mate. <laughs> well... <laughs> to enhance that experience, you might want to check out sophiavincentflowers.com. Popey, they're giving our listeners and yourself 10% off all orders on the website when you put in the code POPE. So they're freshly made, delivered to your door. They're based in Egbert Road, so you support the local business. I grabbed a bunch last week and they went down a storm. Are you buying flyers, flowers for Steve? <laughs> Never you mind. <laughs> is that where your relationship's gotten to now with Blue Mick, yeah? <laughs> I had a feeling that Blue Mick shout was coming, yeah. Well, what, what's that lock, lock, stock shout? Treat your wife, treat somebody else's wife. It's a lot more fun if you don't get caught. <laughs> <laughs> Genuinely, though, lad, they've got a huge range of top-class arrangements, which you can see at Sophia Vincent Flowers on Instagram. And remember, you'll get 10% off your order if you put in the code POPE at sophiavincentflowers.com on checkout. Check them out, Popey. Will do. As being a co-host of the show, I'm guessing that my discount goes beyond the 10%. <laughs> That's going out to our listeners, does it not? There he is, Mr. Virginia Ham. Always just wants a little bit more, don't you? <laughs> we'll see what we can do. <laughs> what, what are you after, 15 20%? I was thinking more so FOC. Ah, okay. Okay, more freebies, yeah. That's hardly the biggest shocker of the show, is it? Well, we'll have a little word with SophiaVincentFlowers.com and see what we can do. But listeners, check it out, definitely. Yeah, I look forward to meeting her. <laughs> see if we can arrange that for you, Popey, no problem. Let's get on to it then. Super Bowl, we're head to head, aren't we? Let's go. Let's go. 
Hey Alfonso. The city we be whipping through it. The money we be getting to it. The shit ain't really shit to do it. Run it up and then we running through it. I just made another play. I just made another play. Niggas talking about that bag, yeah I'm on the way scoring off the hustle hit the huddle floor. We are, but I think where we need to start really is 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 the tear, the absolute tear that I'm on in the playoffs. Called it, called the Chiefs book Super Bowl at the very start of the playoffs. You did, you didn't back um, it. I pretty much Rams aside, I thought the Rams had maybe beat the Packers, but I knew the Packers were susceptible anyway. I, I, I don't know whether I've got a result wrong really in the playoffs. No, so I'm really hitting form at the right time, like so. Uh, can't say the same for yourself, Stephen. No, I was going to say, I wish I could say the same for myself. As I said earlier in the show, it's been my Vietnam, this playoffs. <laughs> I've kind of gone in with no plan, just to conquer, just to up the stakes. Horrendous. I'm probably left with one of the biggest single bets on just a game on the Chiefs this Sunday to try and, wow. t- to try and turn the season round yet. So, um, oh, I've got some bad news for you, mate, as well. I'm going to get beat. <laughs> Hope you haven't invested as heavily as you have for Liverpool winning the league. Put it that way. Not quite that heavy. It's it's a lumpy one, but yeah, we'll see. I, it going in my favour. I've never ever. You know, you might not believe this, but I've never lost a Super Bowl bet, Popey. I've been on the losing side once on an on an anti-post bet, the Rams against the Patriots. But I was with Kansas last year. I was with the Giants against the Patriots. I was against Seattle with the Patriots. I had the Patriots against the Falcons. I was with Denver against Carolina. I've actually never lost a Super Bowl bet. So you could say I'm due one. I fucking hope it's exactly. Not. I was going to say to see that as a as a positive because because you've heard of the law of averages, haven't you? I have. I so have. you certainly do. One of the thoughts. Yeah. Well, and if it's this week, I might be coming to you with my CV for the job at Siren. Bad looks of things, possibly. <laughs> Those bogs on the second floor do need to go cleanly. <laughs> So let's talk the game then, Popey. You've been raving about the books. I'm not as convinced as you. It's a lovely narrative that Brady's got to the Super Bowl. I don't. I see a couple of weeks ago on this podcast, Popey, you said how streets ahead the AFC was compared to the NFC. The number one seed, the Kansas City Chiefs, the best team in the sport for the last couple of years. What makes you all of a sudden think that the NFC's wild card are going to beat them? Just for the same reason, I fancied the Bucks against the Packers. And in all fairness, not 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 only have I been calling the results, I've been giving you the reasons why, and that they, that's always transpired to be the case. So your short term memory, I will uh, I'll just rejog it for you. So the Packers, one of the main reasons I fancied the Bucks against the Packers was the fact that the Packers had lost their starting left tackle, which basically protects Aaron Rodgers' blind yeah. side. The Green Bay Packers have got. Certainly one of the best left tackles in the game. Just signed him to a big contract extension. He got injured before the Bucks game. And what did the Bucks go and do with their ferocious pass attack? Is they got about, I think, about five or six sacks during the game. Shaquille Barrett on his own, who's one of the elite pass rushers in the NFL, got three sacks. Yeah. And it was predominantly because of the left tackle was missing. Have you seen where the sacks were coming from? It was mainly from that side of the offensive line. Mm. So, fast forward to the Super Bowl in a couple of weeks' time. This during the Sorry? This Sunday. This Sunday, sorry. Yeah, I've, I've, I've got carried away there. So this Sunday, Kansas City Chiefs, they're also missing their start and left tackle. They are. one of the best left tackles in the game. Pro bowler, when he has started, the Kansas, uh, when him and Mahomes have started together, Kansas City Chiefs are 
26 and 1. So they've won 26 games, they've lost one. When he hasn't started, and Mahomes has played, uh, Mahomes is 3 and 3, which goes to show how important he is. Mm. Add in the fact that they're also missing their right tackle, as they have been all season, who's again an elite right tackle. Uh, so they're missing their two starting tackles effectively against that Tampa Bay ferocious, ferocious pass rush. You've got Shaquille Barrett, you've got John Pierre Paul, you've got Devin White, you've got Levante David, you've got uh, Donovan Sue. You've basically, it, 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 that's their strongest part of the defence. And as good as Mahomes is, he's, he's talked of as probably already being the greatest quarterback of all time, which seems mad when he's going up against a guy in Tom Brady who's going to be in his 10th Super Bowl going for his 7th. But in terms of talent, you can tell he's more talented than Tom Brady. What he's achieved in his short career so far, I think the trajectory, although he might not get to 10 Super Bowls, or he might not win 6 or 7, he certainly his trajectory would suggest he's probably going to go down as the, the greatest quarterback of all time. His movements in the pocket's incredible. Uh, no one's ever seen a Patrick Mahomes before as quarterback. He's sort of redefining the position. Yeah. But I just think it's going to be a huge miss when you're going up against that that pass rush that Tampa Bay have got without your starting left tackle, without your starting right tackle. I just think that that massively works in the Buccaneers' favour. And then, obviously, you know what I think about them on offence. Right? Brady isn't what he was, but he's still good enough to get them to the Super Bowl. And the offensive weapons they've got, they've got probably the best wide receiving corp in football in Chris Godwin, Mike Evans and Brown. Although Brown, we don't know whether Brown looks be, like he's out, fits or he? not. Looks like he's out, Brown. They've got two elite running backs <laughs> and then they've got one elite tight end and Brayton and then the Gronk who can just, just obviously turn it on when he wants so I don't know I really do fancy the books I've got me financial interest backed them at 9-2 to two, so I've already got stuff riding on the game I've, mm. I've picked a couple of MVP bet selections which we'll come on to a little bit later but that's me main reasoning just the depleted offensive line from the Chiefs and that was why I called the Green Bay Packers downfall and that proved to be right so I'd like to think that will also be the case for the uh, for the Super Bowl come Sunday. Do you think it was just down to that with the Green Bay Packers? I, I don't remember you rubbing your, your crystal balls and seeing some of the play calls from Matt LaFleur towards the end of that uh, Green Bay game. Uh, some very, very questionable calls from both the Green Bay coach and the officials as well. What about that last caller that ended the game? He, he pulled his jersey twice, which is a is a is a out out penalty. He did. So there was the, but there was no controversy there. But there was that business was being let go all game. It seemed like they were pretty fun to have old golden bollocks Brady back in the Super Bowl. You ask me. I don't want to get into conspiracies, but it was the first one they pulled like that. They flagged like that all game. I thought, what a shame Rogers didn't get a chance and. Aaron Rodgers sounds like sour grapes there, Stephen. It, it is a little bit. I sound like Barry McGuigan here, don't I? <laughs> <laughs> Just a walk and hypocrite as always. Walk and talk and <laughs> hypocrite. But in fairness, it was a very, very unusual championship game, Popey. For Tom Brady to throw three interceptions on the road against what's going to be the reigning MVP in Aaron Rodgers and still get the win was quite an head scratcher. And, you know, I know it is a great narrative. It's great that Brady's in the Super Bowl and maybe this bye week, this rest week that he's had last weekend, that might recharge his batteries a bit. Um, he can get back in with his special doctor. Have you seen Brady, by the way, this week? Like? It's a commas, yeah, special doctor. Well, have you seen Brady this week? He looks about 17, I'd say. Even when it's fourth and nine, baby. 
I wanna find out what these jealous niggas mad at In the streets your whole life ain't got a bag He's absolutely full of skin peels Full of Botox Looks like he's had the fillers in I think he's on the hair plugs now already Already had a great head of hair It looks like he's reinforced the uh, the Barnett. There's something not right there with him 43 and still out there on the field of play, it's 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 pretty unheard of, isn't it? But I do think this is going to be a, a stretch too far for him. And uh, do you know what I think's underrated here, Popey? Come on. I really like Kansas's defense against these superstar quartet of uh, of Tampa receivers. Tony Romo was talking about it, and I know the Bills are a complete different proposition to Tampa Bay in terms of the mm. weapons they've got. But Romo was just saying about how sticky they get, how close they get how fast they are at covering and how good they are at picking balls off. And for as good as they are, Tampa Bay, they have a lot of drops, you know. I heard Chris Collingsworth talking about how many drops they have, Tampa Bay. They're right up there in the league. For as, mm. for the star power they have, they do drop a lot of balls. And I do think it could be it could be surprising that Kansas City make a few big defensive plays and, and maybe that supports Mahomes where he might be lacking a little bit and he might be got to a little bit on the offence. And... I think Kansas's defense is sometimes down the rankings, isn't it? It's not always up there. It's it's pretty criticized. It's not fashionable either, really. There are not too many big big names apart no, from no. the Honey Badger, as they call him, yes, um, exactly. and and Chris Jones on the defensive line. We've got a couple of big names, but they're probably the two most most recognizable players on the day. So they're not the most fashionable. And... But what you got to remember, Pope, Pope, what you got to remember with Kansas's defense is is that they probably I'd have to have a look at the numbers. They probably spend more time than any other defense. On the field, and I think that probably grinds them down a bit, and that's why they give up some more yeah. points than they should do. Because the Chiefs' offense, Mahomes, Tyreek Hill, Kelsey, they just score so quickly. The offense is on; it's three, four plays, bang, they've scored. They're off the field, and the defense is back on. And I think mm. they're not as bad a defense as sometimes they're made out, and, and as, as criticized as, as they should be. So. We'll see, Popey, we'll see. I also think coaching comes into it. I think Kansas's defence is Steve Spagnola, isn't it? He's got a bit of history with Tom Brady uh, as the Giants coach in Super Bowls. He's coached a Giants to beat a Brady-led offence. And I like Andy Reid. How can you not like Andy Reid? He's got his play sheet on the sideline, his massive play sheet. He looks like he's ordering from a Chinese takeaway. Fucking fantastic, man, he is. Sometimes he can't find his flag in his sock. He forgets where he's put it. But when it comes to play calling, is there anyone better in the game at the moment, Popey? Well, no, there's a reason the Chiefs... It's not, let's be honest, it's not a left-field shot you're coming out with. There's a reason the Chiefs are favourites on Sunday and they have been favourites for the Super Bowl all year. Patrick Mahomes speaks for itself, generational quarterback like we've touched on. Yeah, They've got the best, probably tight end Yeah, the last... What, 10 years maybe? I'd Travis say so. Kelsey. He's incredible, Kelsey. And then they got Tyreek Hill, who's who's basically, uh, he's called the cheater, and he's, he's oh. I think he's the fastest thing anyone's ever seen in the oh. NFL. So just his speed alone, how much separation that, that creates downfield. So, of course, of course, Kansas City Chiefs, Kansas City, I was calling them there. That might be... Uh, fucking hope I'm we'll not. We'll rename them after Sunday. Eh? I fucking hope I'm not calling them that Monday morning. <laughs> <laughs> but it, of course, the, 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 they're an unbelievable team, the Super Bowl defending champions. So 
it's I, I do buy into everything you're saying, but I think it's got to be an absolutely huge factor, mate. You've, you've, you've the, the records there. It's a big enough sample size, three and three, mm-hmm. without the starting left tackle and Eric Fisher. And this is from Mahomes, who's twenty six and one when he started. And I think that's I think that's big against this pass rush and the fact that they're also missing the right tackle as well. The only not concerned, but the only thing I'm sort of being a bit bit vigilant with this week and keeping a, keeping a, a close eye on is. The safeties for Tampa Bay Bucks, yeah. Antoine Winfield, who is first year, so he's a rookie safety for them. He had an incredible year. He missed the championship game against the Packers, yeah. and he hasn't tra- he hasn't trained yet. So the training again today. So I'll be checking the injury report report to see if he took part. And then the other starting safety is uh, someone you will have seen against the Packers in the championship game, the NFC Championship game. Whitehead, Joe yeah. Whitehead. And lad, you've seen his tackles there. In fact, one of his Incredible. tackles is what caused him to be injured. His, his, his tackle before on Ronald Jones, I think he punctured a lung of Ronald Jones, the Green Bay Packers running back, he hit him that hard. And then the following play, he nailed someone else, but then he caused injury to himself by it in that hard. Those two are two of the best up-and-coming safeties in the NFL. They're both injured at the minute. They both didn't train last week. So I'll be keeping a watchful eye on the injury report this week to see if they take part. If both of them are cleared to play, I'll be... Fairly confident. If they're not, then I do worry that Mahomes will just pick the uh, pick the backfield apart with with, mm. with backup safeties. I just uh, you mentioned the cheater there, Tyreek Hill. Is Tyreek Hill actually scarier than Patrick Mahomes? Tyreek Hill turn on those Jets it's like people with angles look stupid trying to chase them but you just can't practice for 4-2-5 speed he's got an angle Hill's gonna take this all the way third and seven going deep oh he's got him he's got him the 30 inside. Ryan is blitzing. Mahomes finds Hill. Both pass caught. Hill again broke a tackle. Yeah, it's a good one. It's just just because of how fast he's that much faster than anyone who's ever played in the NFL. Even even an average quarterback would be productive with Tyreek Hill. Because mm. all you have to do is be half decent to throw the ball downfield high up in the air, yeah. enough to, for him to create separation from like the cornerback or the safety. But he, so he'd be, he'd be effective, wouldn't he, with, with an average quarterback, let alone one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time, as, as Mahomes already is. But even when he drops into the backfield, he takes a little shovel pass. He's just... I've never seen anything like him, Pope. I, I know can shine for a couple of years, can't he? And he can fade away quite quickly, but... Taddy Hill is on another level. He's absolutely unplayable. And that combo, that Mahomes Hill Kelsey combo, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. This Chiefs team, they've got a bit of the. I know it's a different sport, but they've got a bit of the Chicago Bulls about them for me. I don't know. I just, oh, really? Yeah, really? I just feel like. It's quite the statement. I feel like if they can keep them together, these are going to be here for a while. And. Uh, could be a massive, massive Keegan of the week from me this next week, but we'll, uh, 
We'll see there's, what happens. There's talks, Dave, with, with Eric Fisher being out, who's the starting left tackle that I'm going on about for the Chiefs. Yeah. That Kelsey's role might have to change. He might have to block quite a bit more. Ah, so it won't be that. the Kelsey that we're used to seeing. I don't know about well, that. What's your, what's your buy into that? They've shifted, I can't remember the, the name off, off the top of my head, lad, but the lad they shifted in, they shifted positions of someone, um, and he's he done a really good job, and he has done a really good job before, but I know what you're saying there, worrying wise, free for free when Fisher's out, like, is, is a little bit. Worrying, isn't it? I was going to say any any slight cause for concern piling in the way that you have the fact that the starting left tackle and right tackle are missing for the Chiefs, or that, you're still fairly confident confident regardless of that. That is the worry. That is the big worry. Is it's not Brady. It's not. It's not really the receiving core. It's that. It's the front four for Tampa against the depleted protection collective for for the Chiefs, but. <laughs> There's one game left of the season, Popey. I've backed myself into this corner. <laughs> this is <gasps> this is my this is my tactics with with this, with the Super Bowl. All through the season, I have a hundred and fifty pound a week on one handicap game. I have my anti post bets, and yeah. basically, I just watch. I basically try and formulate enough knowledge to have a good go in the playoffs, and it's been mm. absolutely fucking. Ter- it's been been it's been Pearl Harbor. The, the, <laughs> This attack, honestly, it's not been good. And we've got one last battle left, and it's the Super Bowl on Sunday. And we will actually... You're going to make your social media debut, aren't you, Popey, on Sunday with a bit of luck? Yeah, uh, yeah. to quote David Brent, my bloody afternoon now, yeah. So, <laughs> we will see. We're going to do a bit of Instagram live and during the game. Not all the way through. We'll probably do a little bit of a little bit of live streaming from my account and from the at my convos with the Pope account. You can find us there on Instagram. So we'll probably. Do it, I'm thinking maybe we do a little bit half time of the Liverpool City game as well. Pope, half time Liverpool City game, and then we'll uh, we'll dip in through the Super Bowl, and you can you can either see me drifting into a nervous breakdown, or we we can see your. Your rosy red cheeks getting hotter and hotter as the quarters tick on. Well, let's hope it's, it's you crying the Super Bowl. Obviously, it was me with the 49ers last year. It was. Um, but you've got to have to fill me in. I'm still not even sure what this Instagram Live is, but I'm game for it. Plus, Dylan's staying out on a Sunday okay. in his hands, as he does do every Sunday. So, yeah, it might even have a few skiddy loops as well. Oh, brilliant, brilliant. Well, if you do, I might have a couple of soos and rum, maybe. Maybe a, or a soo and... Ooh. Couple of gins with, with our with our sponsor, the Soho Juice Coe. Maybe we'll maybe we'll get a bit of that action on the go for the Super Bowl. I might need something to calm the nerves. Come uh, eleven o'clock Sunday night. <laughs> oh, you've had a big wager then, Stephen. You've had a big wager, boy. Aye, I've had a go. I've had a go. You know what? I'm going to put the whole hundred k down on Philadelphia. And if I win, uh, Maurice Spatafor gets a free ride at end show. Yeah, good for you. Because Carlos said that kid went to the little box and ate some cat shit. No, he took a shit in the shower. Glad we got that straight. <laughs> what we'll do today, sorry, because it's not my solo tip of the week. I've, I've got something separate for that. The fact that you've mentioned that you've already gone in on the Chiefs. I've obviously backed the books anyway, 9-2 for the Super Bowl. Yeah. Just aside from that, I've also backed Devin White. For the MVP at ninety to one, Oof, which okay. is a wrong price for me. Basically, is I'm sure he's as short as thirty three to one. Average price forty fifty to one. Yeah. But if you go into odds checker, Super Bowl MVP, Sky Bet have got him out. Uh, got him at a standout price of ninety to one, which I've already backed. Um, what's the thinking behind then, that, Popey? What's the, what's the thinking behind that for for anyone who doesn't really follow the NFL or is looking for? 
you know, yeah. 90 to 1, a big price bet for the Super Bowl. If, why would they get involved in, in that price and that selection? Well, so he's so he's a linebacker, so he's on the on the on the defense to one of the the, the the sorts of the elite pass rushers that I mentioned before. He's consistently the Tampa Bay Bucks leading tackler every game. You're gonna get about twelve to fifteen tackles on average out of him each game, which I know isn't enough usually to win you the Super Bowl MVP. But he's a big game player on defense as well. He had a fumble recovery against the Packs the Packers and then the week before against Washington football team he also had an interception so he's a big game player on the defence and I just think if you can get as many as 12-15 tackles and then get either an interception or a fumble recovery for a touchdown for instance and obviously the Bucks win I think that would be enough for him to, to win the MVP award the second one that I've backed is Shaq Barrett who's their best pass rusher basically yeah. and he had three sacks against Aaron Rodgers uh, of the Green Bay Packers yeah. in the NFC Championship game, he's a bit shorter. I think I got him at sixty-six to one, but he's uh, he's the shortest fifty. His, his biggest price is fifty to one now. Again, is he, if he can be as disruptive as he has been and get what even two or three sacks and the Bucks win in a, in a tight game, then that could be enough for him. He was the NFL sack leader last year. I think he got nineteen or twenty sacks last season. Yeah. Hasn't had as many this year. But again, as I say, if he can be disruptive and get two or three sacks on Mahomes and, and the Bucks winning a close game, then that could be enough to uh, to sway the vote in, in his favour. I think Tom Brady could probably throw three interceptions and pull his fucking dick out in midfield and he'd probably still get the MVP if the Bucks win. I, I feel like the sentimental vote will be in there if the, if the Bucks win. But it's definitely worth it. I understand it. what you're saying. I do understand what you're saying, but I've also looked into it staying from the turn of the century. So what are you looking at? Twenty Super Bowls. There's been four defensive players who've yep. got a Super Bowl MVP, which is more than what I thought. Yeah, cousin Nico. Three out. Cousin Nico had Von Miller forty to one. Denver against oh. against the Panthers. Was it the Panthers? What I just mentioned there. Yeah, yeah. So uh, I don't, I don't know. I remember yeah, Peyton Manning. So they've had four. There's been four defensive players, which is more than what I thought. And three out of those four are linebackers, of which both Shaquille Barrett and Devin White are. And interestingly, the last time that the Bucks won the Super Bowl back in 2003, it was a defensive player Warren that won the Sa- Super was it Warren Bowl MVP Sapp? in that game. Was it Warren Sapp? Oh, sorry. Was it Warren Sapp by any chance? No. No, no. I'd never even heard of him before. He was a safety. Yeah. I'll, uh, I'll come back to you on that. But uh, yeah, so right. that could... That could be fairly ominous, who knows. There is nothing better than a Super Bowl bet, is there? I don't know if I'll be saying this at 2 o'clock in the morning on, on Monday, but there is nothing better than having a gamble on, on the Super Bowl. Like So, yeah, we'll probably fire a couple of these picks out on our Instagram, at my convos with the Pope. And as I say, yeah. we'll be uh, we'll be gabbing through the day. Any of our new listeners who want to get involved, obviously, we've probably had a few Leeds, Leeds fans tuning in. Get involved over there, at my convos with the Pope. Yeah, there'll be more updates on that Instagram page. Just before we get away from the NFL, Pope, I wanted to ask you if you've seen the Detroit Lions have hired a new coach, Man Campbell. <laughs> do, you want, do you want to just repeat that for the listeners? What's his first name again? Man Campbell. <laughs> absolute. Who's called Man? Just who's called Man Campbell? Do you know what I mean? Well, he is. He is an absolute alpha male as well, isn't he? He's a complete <laughs> jock of a man. His press conference, he was. Quoting, pulling up bootstraps and smashing people in the mouth. It's going to take on the identity of this city, all right? And this city's been been down, and it found a way to get up, all right? It's found a way to uh, overcome adversity, all right? And so this team's going to be built on, uh, we're going to kick you in the teeth, all right? And when you punch us back, we're going to smile at you. And when you knock us down, 
we're going to get up. And on the way up, we're going to bite a kneecap off. All right. And we're going to stand up and then it's going to take two more shots to knock us down. All right. And on the way up, we're going to take your other kneecap and we're going to get up and then it's going to take three shots to get us down. And when we do, we're going to take another hunk out of you before, before long, we're they going to be the last one standing. All right. That's going to be the mentality. All right. It just got me thinking, what, what are the, what are the best? I know we often ask our listeners for their unlikely lookalikes for the, for the Keegans of the week, the worst shouts, the DV yeah. and through the sport week, but I'd love to hear from our listeners on what the funniest coach or manager sounds they, they've ever heard is. Obviously, Kevin Keegan jumps off the pages, rants. Um, Roy Hodgson swearing on match of the day is, is well, you fucking yes, was, was, <laughs> oh, well, I fucking told you, didn't I? I fucking, you know, it was absolutely brilliant, but if we can, I've never heard that. Oh, I'll, I'll get it up on the Instagram page. If you're not hearing Roy swearing his head off, no. You can ask me stupid, you can ask me stupid fucking questions, are you? Yeah? <laughs> that's stupid oh, questions. That's a great get... impression, by the way, Steve. Yeah, Brilliant Roy. Yeah, stupid questions. You get stupid fucking answers. Yeah. <laughs> Incredible. There you go. That's That should be the end of the segment right there. Yeah, you've answered your own question, really, haven't you? Give Absolutely a... brilliant, that. Give us a shout. Funniest manager sounds uh, you, you've ever heard. Right, should we get out of here on the solo tip of the week, Popey? It's been a long one. Let's do our worst and let's get out of here. So you're on on a rainy night in Soho. The wind was whistling all its charm. Go on then, I'll lead. Go on, Pope. Shithousery. Anti-post. Yeah, Obviously, long. it put me to Super Bowl picks forward for the MVP race. So, uh, yeah, you can all thank me before next week's show. Uh, I've also backed in the NBA. Me and you have mentioned loads of times, they not best in a bit of anti-post interest, especially in the American sports, whether it be baseball and basketball in particular, yeah. where there's... In basketball, I think it's 82 games a season. Baseball, like 150, 60, whatever. Yeah. So it's good. So if you have a little anti-post, you've got interest there for pretty much every other night through a four, five, six-month period. So what I've done anyway, uh, I have backed for the NBA MVP at 100 to 1, Trey Young. Oh, okay. Going with Trey, yeah. Yeah, I've mentioned him to you, Steve, a good few are. times. It's basically, yeah. he's the best next Steph Curry, but he could arguably be better. The Atlanta Hawks haven't made the playoffs for a good few years now. They've got a few missing pieces, most notably in Clint Capella, who's the centre who they got from the Toronto Raptors, who's a former NBA winner a couple of seasons ago. And if I'm looking at the East, with the exception of the top teams, of which there's three or four, three or four, not including the Miami Heat, but we'll come on to them at another time. Oh, God. Um, I Do fancy them to... Mi- <laughs> I fancy them to maybe finish as high as fifth and sixth. And I think if that was the case, the numbers Trey Young's putting up, I think that would at least be enough for him to be in the in the conversation. I was okay. looking at Derek Rose, who won the NBA, who won the MVP uh, for the Chicago Bulls yeah. at the age of 22, so similar age to Trey Young. They finished top of the standings that year, so that was obviously a big part mm, that he won yeah, the award that yeah. year over LeBron James at the time. However. His points per game is down on what Trey Young's is now. His assists were down on what Trey Young's is now. And his field goal percentage was down on okay. what Trey Young's is now. Yeah. So I think if Trey Young maintains what he's doing now and Atlanta Hawks get into maybe as high as fifth in the East, he certainly won't be 100-1 to one shot at that point. No. I think he'll at least be in the conversation. 
And at 100 to 1, I am willing to take the chance. So once again, that's Trey Young, 100 to 1, NBA MVP, plays for the Atlanta Hawks. Get on it. It's a good show, Popey, as you say, like we always say, long term, big price value, not investing it. I'm still hopeful of Steph Curry. I still see the Warriors are popping up with wins and he's putting up nice points, averages and assists. I'm not seeing anything in any of the early journalistic opinions on potential MVP runners, not even in the dark horse race, which is quite shocking, really. I think if he comes back and... And lands them. Well, Curry's not getting a mention. Not, not getting a mention at all. I've read an ESPN piece on on the early MVP candidates already. Not one mention of Steph Curry, which I find find quite amazing. You, you touched on the Miami Heat there. Uh, I mean, the, the less said about them, the better at the moment. Did you see? Did you see they had a ten point lead over the uh, Charlotte Hornets last night with one minute and twenty six to go, and it went to overtime and they got beat. I'd seen they got beat yet in overtime. I didn't know the sort of the context to yeah, it. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Under two minutes left with a ten point lead. Yeah, and they got beat. Yeah, so. So today is it? Is it? It's so early. We're a quarter of the way through. But any concerns as to whether they'll make the playoffs? No. One, no. Work, one, one thing working in your favour. There's, I think, Miami. Not with, notwithstanding, there's maybe four, four really good teams in the East, and then. From positions down to five to eight, which is obviously where you need to finish to get into the playoffs, it's pretty weak. Like, so they should easily yeah, get in. Drag it, drag it, of the way through. Dragic has been out. Jimmy Butler's been out. Tyler Hero's been out. I think there's been a bit of COVID down there in Miami. Like you're surprised. Fucking hell. What is it? The <laughs> Santos. What is it? Ronda Santos. Is it the governor? Free-for-all, isn't it? It's a free-for-all all on the beaches, isn't it? So, yeah, maybe Miami will fight back. Yeah, as I say, it's uh, I've had a good chunk on them. They were a, a previous so-o tip of the week, get on Miami for the East, but they are struggling at the moment, but they should play their way back into it. And I'm going to join you, Popey. I'm going to join you with some long-term action. Apologies in advance to our Blue Brothers here, because the potential jinx of the show, and, and we might have a couple of Blues listening, extra Blues with, with Adam being our guest, but I've actually backed Everton each way for the FA Cup at 16-1, to 1, two places. Of course you have. Yeah. Um, Carlo Ancelotti, very good in cup competitions, knows how to get his hands on silverware. I know it was a bad performance in the league on Sunday, but I just can't work the price out. Again, Popey, like you're saying about the disparity between the odds there on your fella being 90 to 1 in one place, 33 to 1 in other places. Mm. Everton are 16 to 1, but Tottenham are knocking around at 8 to 1, half the price. Mm. And they've got to go to Goodison in the next round before the quarterfinals. I think Everton should be favourites for the game, especially now that Harry Kane is out injured. And I think 16 to 1 for Everton to go on a good cup run. Sorry again, boys, if I've drinked you, but. I've had an uh, I've had a little tickle each way at sixteen to one on on Everton for the cup. No apologies needed. Might have to apologise for this show. It's been an absolute marathon, hasn't it? <laughs> Good luck with the others. Anyway, it's only oh, just starting for you. The real work, isn't it? It's going to be a killer. Yeah. Oh yeah. This is the fun and games. Yeah. The others is where. Uh, is where the real stress starts. But big thanks again to Adam Forshaw. Big thanks to Sonny Edwards for last week's yeah. show. He went down a nice storm. One, I think yeah. Sonny's earned a load of new Scouse um, fans, really. I think everyone was messaging me, even casual boxing fans, saying, great lad, can't wait to see him fight and whatnot. And the same again with Adam, top lad. Everyone yeah. knows around here locally, great lad. Hopefully our listeners will have, will have really enjoyed Adam and, and be looking to get behind him when he gets back on the pitch within a few months, hopefully. Yeah, yeah, spot on. Anyway, I'm going to sell some uh, microwave inlets, as Jimmy Lee always says. <laughs> 
Go and get stuck in and we will see you at my convos with the Pope. Instagram Live. A little bit of the Liverpool City game Sunday and the Super Bowl. Eh? You're going to have to talk me through that. Yeah, it's all babble to me. So, uh, yeah, we'll uh, we'll sort it out near at the time. I still don't even know what it entails, but that's for uh, another conversation at another time anyway. Just bring the talent, Popey. Bring yourself and we'll, uh, we'll work it out from there. All right. <laughs> Take it easy, Take it my easy. friend. Ta-da, mate. Ta-da. Ta-da. See you later, Stephen. So, so, you know, let's, let's not take the piss here. I, I certainly wasn't. Well, I think you are, but uh, there you are. I wasn't. Well, we'll start again, shall we? Or else yeah. you can use that if you want. No, no, I don't I think, think they'll want that. Start again. It was a genuine question. Well, I won't mention it then. You know, there wasn't a fucking penalty in the game. There wasn't one of those ridiculous situations in the game. That didn't happen, so let's just talk about our performance. Roy, a satisfying day at the office? Yeah, I thought we played very well.